is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. The phones are open here, and you can join us and bring up anything you want. Live Saturday episode, the number 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nicholas Mountaineer. And I don't know what we're yelling about. For those of you who are uh, maybe not, maybe if you haven't listened to the show in the last week, maybe this is your only night that you've listened in the last week, this will be a bit of a different experience for you uh, because it is uh, the new version of Free Talk Live where we don't have two whole commercial breaks per hour uh, in this program. So you're going to encounter eight more minutes of actual talk content time and eight fewer minutes of commercial time. I thought you were going to say, live from New Hampshire, it's Saturday night. It is that too. (laughs) But I think it's way more exciting that we don't have uh, 24 minutes of commercials per show. More show for you, the listener. uh, That we did not, that we had for the last 15 years. Those are gone now. So we're going to have, what we've been discovering, and I don't know if you noticed this on uh, Sunday night when you kicked this off, Captain, was that show went by faster for us this week it felt like oh i believe it you get deeper into a conversation you're not getting your discussions broken up as mm-hmm. as often and it really just kind of flows i thought a lot better yeah, it's it's your work i would agree with that i mean yeah. like if you're you know even if you're you know working at mcdonald's or something if you can you know just keep going keep going and not be interrupted like the day's over before just passes you know. yeah. whereas if it's okay do a thing and then you're out of things to do and then yep. do a thing and then you're out of things to do it takes forever no doubt. So uh, we're going to start out tonight. Well, actually, we're going to go to your phone calls here first. The number is 603-283-6160. But also, the IRS is back in the news. And, of course, it's not good news. Uh, why does everybody spell it? Internal Revenue Service? No, why does everybody spell it instead of pronounce it? Hmm. Theirs. theirs. Oh, theirs. The, the IRS, IRS spells gotcha. theirs. T H E I R S. We'll go to. We'll get into that coming up here. It's not good news though. Uh, but first, we got Dave Ridley on the line here, calling us from somewhere out there. Dave, are you uh, still out in Colorado? Uh, yes, I'm visiting Colorado. All right. Okay. What's on your mind tonight from RidleyReport.com? Dave, what's up? Uh, I wanted to update you just a little bit regarding something I'd called about a, a month or two ago, and mm-hmm. that is the uh, the attempt to ban nuclear weapons. There was an attempt to ban nuclear weapons? I'm all ears. Yeah, it's actually gotten quite a bit of traction. In fact, I think they may actually be illegal now. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Was this like a UN thing or who yeah, who was doing yeah. the banning? It's the 50 it's the 50 nations that have gotten together through the UN, which mm-hmm. I don't like either. Uh, and uh, tried to like establish a, you know, a nuclear free collection of nations, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so are, are think- the 50 nations that are in this pact all nuclear people or right. nuclear nations? Mm-hmm. Are there any nuclear nations that are not part of the 50? Well, the, some of them are nuclear in the sense of having nuclear power, I think. But they're you know, nuclear. They're, they're free of nuclear weapons. It's about, it's about nuclear weapons, not nuclear So just power. to clarify, the 50 nations that are in this pact don't have any nuclear weapons, so it's not really going to change anything? Well, not at first, no. Uh, when when nations started banning landmines, it was the same situation. The ones that didn't have them banned them first, but mm-hmm. eventually it started putting pressure on the nations that were still using landmines. So none, none of these 50 are what we call a nuclear uh, power as far as armaments are concerned. So the U.S. Cor- is not in correct. it. Correct. I think China's not in it. Russia. Russia. Right. And what's useful is that it's putting pressure on them. You, you listen. I've been listening to some of the speeches of U, U.S. officials, and they're pretty nervous about this this uh this movement why what's the um, pressure i think it's public pressure you know to, in theory they're a democracy right 
Yeah, but I mean, they also have nuclear weapons, so they can kind of, you know, throw their weight around, so to speak. I mean, why would these 50 nations have any kind of, I mean, like, are they going to pressure economically? Are they going to say, you know, we're not going to trade with you or, you know, what do they got? behind this there are there are sanctions that get put on nations that don't comply but i don't know exactly what they are mm-hmm. and i don't it, it, I've, I've read the treaty or at least it's complicated i listened to the treaty i had the computer read the whole thing to me while i was doing other things and okay. I, I i have trouble finding problems with the treaty there's some stuff in the treaty that does impose some internal uh you know you're, you're supposed to enforce the ban on nuclear weapons inside your country and stuff like that i guess that would cost some tax dollars um but the the main thing is just that the, the main problem here is that this is not the 1980s anymore when people were on the streets worried about nuclear weapons and trying to get governments to downsize their nuclear weapons arsenal. Right. people were all over the streets back then mm-hmm. now no one seems to care about it we have a bigger nuclear risk than we did in the 80s by far And it's like, no one cares. All the authoritarians are afraid of COVID, but they're not afraid of nuclear war, right? (laughs) So um, uh, so at least if everything else is bad about the treaty, at least, which it's not, at least it draws attention to this concern that no one's paying attention to. Everybody in America right now is in denial about the the risks that they're under right now. Yeah, we've mentioned it a couple of times here on Free Talk Live, uh, exactly what you've said, uh, maybe, you know, paraphrased differently. But, yeah, that the risk is higher than it was back in the day, and yet everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's been my ongoing number one concern. I mean, I'm very concerned about the central bank digital currencies that are on their way here, but that is a less imminent destruction uh, of human existence and freedom than literal destruction of human existence. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't wipe out. It wouldn't wipe out humanity, but it would wipe out oh, it civilization. Might. It very well might for, kick for while, so much dust while. into the air that we cannot grow enough food to survive as a species. Yeah, I mean, it's all the same like stuff that we've heard about. I'm old enough to have remembered the '80s when everybody's, oh my gosh, nuclear everything, and like, yeah, remember you had to get under your desk when you were in school, all that kind yeah. of stuff, <laughs> duck and cover, and yeah, because my my crappily made school desk is going to protect the radiation me from a, won't get you under there nuclear bomb. But uh, Red Dawn, that movie <laughs> yeah, was made yeah. like back in the day, and it was a just a take on fear mongering of the people right. over nuclear war. And even a blanket can help you protect you from the from the effects of a nuclear blast. But nuclear winter is a very real uh, possibility from nuclear war. Dropping one nuclear bomb not going to annihilate humanity. But Probably if you not, get no. but if you get two nuclear powered countries shooting nukes at each other, that That's might a do problem. It. No doubt about it. So, uh, so anyway, go ahead. So. So what's what's being done about it is people are organizing demonstrations around the country, uh, coinciding with the January January 22nd anniversary of this treaty, which I think went into effect two years ago. Um, The the, the treaty, the the nuclear ban treaty, whatever you want to call it, Um, the um, and uh, so I'm helping to organize one in Colorado Springs. They should have they're setting a date for it. Probably they'll probably have a date for it in a few days. And we probably do it right before the 22nd. Uh, and other people are doing the same thing. And you can you can learn more. I think a good place to go is the National Vortex Resistance Coordinating Committee uh, in WTRCC.org. In WTRCC. I should probably sing that. In WTRCC.org. They probably have good information about it. 
Uh, and I would just like to encourage other people, just do something. Do more than nothing. Because if you, if you were to do something against nuclear weapons in the 80s, you'd just be drowned in a sea of other people who were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But right now, you can make more, more of a difference because it's such a blank slate that you mm-hmm. can write on. So get out there. You know, I went to a demonstration yesterday in front of Peterson Air Force Base here in Colorado Springs. It was small. It was just a sine wave. Uh, but it felt good, you know. I mean, we you know, got seen by a heck of a lot of military people and um, this is how this is. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited about this because I mean, peer pressure is a thing even among nations. And the reason that nations get away with what they get away with is that they have this veneer that they are the good guys. So if you have other countries saying, "Well, we are morally superior to you in this obvious way," and you're not willing to be morally superior like we are, then they lose credibility and they can get away with less. So I'm. I'm very happy about this. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing to keep in mind is that people act as though the the, the demonstrators in the 80s, they act as though they didn't accomplish anything, but they were very successful. It, the demonstrations in the 80s were followed by a, a massive reduction in nuclear arsenals. It, you mm. know, it put this issue on the agenda, and, uh, you know, both of the, of the leaders of both superpowers took action against nuclear weapons uh, Right, you know, shortly after these big demonstrations. Do you so, know how many uh, uh, nations there are that have nuclear weapons, Dave? Offhand, it's nine. There's nine. nine of them. Okay, <clears throat> that's my that's my understanding. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, the, I the only thing I have to say about the alleged reduction in nuclear arms is, you know, I never saw any actual evidence. Now I didn't. Yeah. How do you know it's true? I did, you know, they said that they reduced them, and by they, I mean the countries who how said, do you trust? Hey, we're gonna. We're going to reduce our, like, but did they really? How do you know like, they didn't ferret them over a secret military facility yeah. in Area 51 or something like you know, that? Like, I could say, oh, it took me 45 minutes to drive here, but it only took 30. Trust us, know. we're the government. They've always been honest before, Well, right? Even well, the rhetoric uh, change, I think, is still an important thing. So they're not saying, hey, it's really important to us to, to be secure by having more and more and more nuclear missiles. We're up to 3,000. We're up to 4,000. We're mm-hmm. up to 10,000. I, I mean, even just the change in rhetoric is an important shift. Fair enough. Uh, do we know what the number is, what the alleged number of nuclear weapons in the United States is? Well, the total global number, I think, was somewhere between 40,000 and 70,000 wow. in the late 80s. In the late 80s. Now, now it's about 15,000 globally. The U.S. has, okay. 50, I think, 5,000 warheads in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The Russians have about the same number. Chinese have about 300. Uh, again, those are official numbers, but this is what's good here is that the, the U.S. checked on Russia and Russia checked on the U.S., right? Like I, I, was, I was standing next to Russians looking at nuclear weapons being dismantled in the, ni- in the late 1980s when I worked in the media. Hmm. Uh, so I did see some of this myself. So they, I don't know if nuclear, they, the warheads had probably already been removed, but they were dismantling the missiles right in front of me. I got video of it. Um, so there was something, and I met a lot of Russians. My first chance to meet Soviets. It was really neat. Um, and uh, there was something special that happened in the late 80s, and that needs to be replicated. And one of the steps back then was lots of demonstrations, so we're trying to do that again. All right, Dave, well, I and, appreciate it. And I appreciate that they're making a difference between nuclear energy and nuclear weapons, because that, to my mind, was one of the major downsides of what was accomplished in the, the early uh, anti-nuclear weapon uh, movements and activists was that they also made a ban on nuclear energy in the process. Which, that was stupid. Oh, yeah, which right, only, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that only helped the oil companies and the military-industrial complex. And now it's needed more than ever. Thank you, Dave Ridley. Appreciate the call. Thanks for the uh, the news. Feel free to keep us up.
updated he, as this he does develops. bring up an interesting point about sort of the lack of government transparency right when we talk about sure. things like oh well they've reduced the number of nuclear warheads in the united states or you know some countries have agreed to limit to x number or reduce well what did they do with the ones when they got rid of them where did they go did they launch them at the sun or something like that? They you take know, them like, apart, right? Okay, but then, buried them then in the desert. what? You know, buried them in the... So they're just, you know, potential landmines of toxicity <laughs> somewhere in a desert, right? Yep. That kind of thing. But like... Nevada. But it, but it illustrates a lack of transparency. Anybody who lives in the United States of America should be able to go and look at the U.S. arsenal of nuclear bombs. Anybody. And go, <laughs> okay, well, there's 15,000 or whatever, however many number there is. But they don't. Just like uh, you should be able to go and see any number of things that the government keeps from you. Uh, information, you know, uh, salaries, how much money is going into these black p- programs and that kind of a thing. Yeah. And so, Good luck with that. Yeah. It should Quote, be, unquote, state secrets. Yeah, it should be completely transparent. And it's not. And so That's because they don't work for you. Well, of course. And so that throws a wrench in all the people who believe that of the people and for the people and by the people because it ain't. Yeah, that's just propaganda. Yeah. That's just what they teach you in government school, so you can buy this, uh, you know, this line, hook, line, and sinker of what you know they want you to believe. And we and it's know just nonsense. And we know when we happen to get a window into a government program, like say public schools, for example, uh, over the COVID thing mm-hmm. when all the public schools went to, to Zoom classes, when parents could actually see what was happening. Parents know? could see like, oh, really? Yeah. This is what goes on. This is how they teach. No, no. Yeah. And we've seen a, a, a continued uptick in people taking their kids out of schools and. And homeschooling. That was uh, one of the bright sides. If there were some bright sides of the whole COVID situation, is more people yeah. are out of the government school system than ever before. That's and not true. only last year, but the year before as well. No so, doubt about so it. So it continues to rise. Which yeah. is one of the best signs for humanity's future I have ever seen in my life. No doubt. I mean, you're basically you're getting your kids out of these gang centers, essentially, mm-hmm. where they're being indoctrinated day in, day out to believe that the government is good and that you can trust the state. And there's just so much damage that's done to people because yeah. of the government school system. Yeah, th- th- This was one of the things that I had to disagree with Nikki on, because she was saying, well, if your child decides that they want to go to a government school, you have to let them. And mm-hmm. no, I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Like until they have reached the point where you believe that they are mature enough to make their own decisions until that point, it is a discussion. You don't have to just give them anything they want even in terms of their education and when it comes to government education it is unbelievably dangerous like your chances of getting shot go through the roof your chances of getting sexually molested go through the roof Mm -hmm. i mean these are stories that never get covered on corporate media but the the chances of getting molested in a public school are way higher Mm. even time for time than your chances of getting molested in a catholic church or just plain old bullying you know that's pretty common in government school even the standard you know so-called socialization that you receive is unbelievably damaging to people. Yeah, I mean, it's like being in prison. Yeah, well, and, right? and and it's scientifically proven that the more exposure that you have to people outside your age group, the better it is, on average, for your yes. empathy. Now, in schools, they always segregate you completely from everyone except the authority figure who is yeah. outside your age range. So you don't learn empathy that way. There's a, a lot of you know other f- things that you don't pick up as well, not just empathy, but this is one of the things that I was always impressed of when I heard 
about the Sudbury education model, which yeah. was created in Massachusetts. There was a couple guys that I knew here in Keene. They're like local guys that went to a Sudbury school. I think one of them went when he was in high school. He, like he went to government school up through into high school at some point and then uh, went to Sudbury. But they uh, they put all the kids in the school together. So from, you know, five years old to 18 or whatever, they're all in the same schoolhouse basically uh together and so like the older kids can teach the younger kids stuff and there's this this milling around this interaction that you just don't get in the stratified tiered system that the the government has where all these kids are forced to be around kids their same age whereas in real life we're around people of different age groups when we're at work we have people who are older and younger than us and there's a lot that you can learn from somebody who is not just older but also younger Mm -hmm. uh, than you if you're in those experiences and so that model the Sudbury one allows for that to happen which I thought was pretty cool and from time to time people will claim that you know uh, the old west type of schools uh, where folks actually learned more and that kind of thing and they'll mm-hmm. bust out you know a written test from you know 18 something or another oh god and it's like brutally and, difficult and, and, right and, for, and they're like this like was an eighth grader. grade yeah, yeah test or something mm-hmm. and you're like man i'm 50 years old i don't think right. i could even Can't answer one it. of these yeah. you know but so there's every now and again there's a claim but there's probably some truth to that because the best way for a human to learn is to learn to be able to teach it yes mm-hmm. and so in schools that are uh, or that were mixed age, the teachers would rely on the older students to assist with teaching the younger students. And so that Makes reinforces sense. whatever lessons the older students were taught because now they have to in turn turn around and teach it themselves to the mm-hmm. younger kids. And that's exactly how this was done before government interference. Right. So what would happen is, okay, well, this kid learned how to add. So they're going to ask for a fee to teach that to another younger person. It's like, hey, would you like to learn how to add and subtract? Well, that'll cost you a quarter. And, and then they will teach them, you know, to the best of their ability. And then if that kid learns properly, then they won't demand their quarterback. But if they don't learn, oh, well, I guess I got to go back to the guy who taught me because I don't know it well enough. And just a word on Sudbury schools. Are Sudbury schools successful? Sudbury graduates go on to college at equal or higher rates to those who attend more conventional schools. I believe it. Not that I think going to college is an, impression, no, an impressive but- thing. But, I mean, if you consider that somebody in an environment of support and inspiration can be mm-hmm. uh, of a higher education level using the Sudbury methods yeah. as opposed to the government methods, that speaks a lot to the methods that they're using. You know, it uh, it does make you wonder what education could be like if it wasn't not quite 100 percent monopolized like you know government's got 90 percent of the students roughly uh but if it wasn't such a big control over all these kids like what would the different options be because there's some pretty creative solutions out there that have come up but how many other you know hundreds of other models would spring up into existence that currently no one has taken the time to create because well they're all going to government school i don't know We don't get to experience that reality, but maybe someday. John Taylor Gatto insists that uh, genius is far more common than anybody realizes. It's just that uh, government beats it out of It's suppressed by the system. Oh, yeah. You will fit into the cookie cookie cutter or else. Or we'll drug you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another one of those things. Like, you know, people who raise their own children, because that's what homeschooling is. It Mm -hmm. is raising your own children. That's all it is. Natural way, right? Yeah. And people who raise their own children are not incentivized to put them on amphetamines. 
There's just right, not an yeah. incentive to destroy their brain in exchange for making your job easier. Hey, when I went to public school, you know, there were very few kids on anything as far as, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, ADD, like wasn't even a thing. That it was started invented. coming in when I was in high yeah, school. Like that wasn't even a term, and all, a term that anybody knew of, you mm-hmm. know, when I was in grade school. So, you know, all these things are, are new since then. And I mean, I don't I didn't really see like. If anything, like I think it was probably a better experience than a bunch of drugged out kids sort of sure. dumbed down and, you know, like everybody had more personality in my opinion. You know, if you had a weird personality quirk or trait, it's like everybody just was like, yep, that's Dave. Right. You know. Yeah, and the the literature is incredibly clear that the less a child is abused, the more different they will be. Mm. So if you allow a child to flourish, they will express their own uniqueness. And right. a parent on average, will want that. But a teacher, on average, doesn't want the hassle of that. They don't want to have to work harder, and the more unique individuals you're dealing with, the harder you have to work. Right. Everybody must learn the exact same way in the government school system, whereas at home, the parents can change the curriculum based on what works and what doesn't for their own kid. Or more importantly, what the kid is interested in. Mm -hmm. The topics, the subjects, you know, what, what parts of, you know, uh, what what entertains them? What draws right. their curiosity? Right. You can tailor your child's education to those things because that's how people learn. If you get out of school, once you get out of school, and you got to like learn something for your job or something like that, you yeah. learn because you're motivated to do so. Right. Generally, yeah. you want to go into you know a career path that you decided you're interested in, and so of course you're far more motivated to learn about that because you're already interested in it. Mm-hmm. And the motivate the incentives are different. Yeah. So if you're a faculty member, what you're incentivized by more than anything is the respect that you get. Mm. It's your your position, how you're seen among your peers. I'm a teacher. It's a noble profession, and this is About all tenure. throughout college. Right, right. Uh, this is all throughout the colleges. It's also through the grade schools. But it's it's all very it's very uh, uh, prestige oriented. And your prestige doesn't come from how well your students do. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you are raising your own children, your incentive is to educate them, is yep. for them to be capable of things. So uh, uh, like you had mentioned at one point, uh, shop class. Well, think of how many oil changes would not have gotten done and how many taxes would not have gotten paid if people could change their own oil. There's more coming up here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want. Coming up, we're going to find out that the IRS, well, surprise, surprise, hasn't changed its ways at all. Oh, what? Still going after the poorest of poor people. More coming up. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before ForkFest. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. 
is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. You can bring in whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Live Saturday show. And uh, in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Big list about here. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is also here. We started out with a discussion about uh, nuclear weapons, thanks to Dave Ridley, who'd called in. Of course, you're welcome to comment on that. Government indoctrination centers, a.k.a. schools and the alternatives. So many things to uh, to talk about, but the IRS, I've got a story about them, and I know you do as well, Peakless. We'll get into that. What's uh, funny about uh, nuclear war, nuclear weapons in, in the 1980s is that uh, that was sort of the, uh, when it became uh, inexpensive for most consumers to own a microwave. It's in the you know early 80s, mid 80s, right in that pocket. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, of course, referred to the microwave as the nuke. Yeah. You know? Oh, True. Yep, just got to nuke, nuke, nuke my lunch. Yep. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's what's funny. It's like we took this word that everybody associated with death and destruction and then, <laughs> you know, did it to our food. <laughs> Even though I don't think it is a nuclear anything. No, but there, there is radiation involved. There True. is. Yeah. Radio There's waves. also radiation involved when you flip on a light switch. Right, but yeah. the old microwaves were infamous for giving off far more radiation than the new ones do. They uh, refine the technology and yeah, that kind of thing, that. so... It's it's more efficient now than it was then, and you know they figure that kind of stuff yeah, out. But you can walk by it with a pacemaker without dying. There was there was a very real like fear of the old school microwaves, man, especially the giant ones that were like built into your stove mm-hmm. and well placed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on a completely unrelated note, I do think that uh, should we ever reach the dystopian future of dealing with like robot dogs with machine guns coming after us, uh, there's going to be a new market for old microwaves. Turn it into a weapon to dis- exactly. uh, disable the dogs, basically. Exactly. Hmm. Well, we're already here. I mean, the dogs are here, and they can be they mounted are. with machine guns. So just the only thing, question is, are they going to send it after you? Or Drones, really? too. Yep. Yeah. Just the last. If you think are they, they don't, flip that switch? If you think they don't already have them, you're naive. Yeah. Reason.com reporting on the shocking, shocking story that... The IRS is still going after poor people. I'm shocked. Yeah. On uh, Wednesday, Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse track release data provided to it by the IRS on audits performed by the agency in fiscal year 2022. Despite the infusion of new funding earmarked for the IRS last year's uh, from last year's Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, <laughs> the agency continued historic trends of hassling primarily low-income taxpayers with relatively few millionaires and billionaires getting caught up in the audit sweep. What? Inconceivable. Yeah. I that that I just don't believe it. <laughs> How is that possible? Well, just like everything else in our government, it is uh, it's like a spider web. The wasps go free and the flies get caught. Well, the, of course, the obvious reason is millionaires can afford lawyers, right? They, they yeah. can make life difficult on the IRS auditors, whereas if they go after some guy that's, you know, a construction worker or whatever, some, somebody working in retail, or you know, they don't have a lawyer. They can't afford a lawyer, so no. they're scared to death of the, you know, the IRS audit notice that comes in the mail, and they just, look, do whatever you need to do. I'll give you everything I got. Just don't put me in prison, right, yeah. you know? Well, and I think part of this is people conceive of laws as if they're as if they were the law of gravity where oh well if you just pass a law that says you doubled the taxes then everyone's going to pay double the taxes yeah for our, our, list, 
Yeah, it's not going to change what people do. It's not going to outsource things or make them uh, uh, find workarounds. No, no, it'll just double the taxes. For our listeners that don't believe that taxation is theft or more accurately, taxation is extortion, Mm -hmm. uh, tell us how you feel when you get an audit letter. Because there is definitely a gun behind that audit letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you feel happy about that? Hmm? Do, do you feel good when you get a right? Yeah, that, that'd be a letter? question. You, you don't feel good at all. It's kind of mm-hmm. like when the blue and red lights go on behind you, and there's a policeman trying you feel to pull relief, you over. right? When that happens, <laughs> you feel right, safe, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, protecting you don't. and serving. No, you fear. You fear for your life in the moment. Yeah. There's a psychopath who's about to possibly murder you because you made the wrong move, according to him or whatever. And but even if you're probably only extort you, uh, the odds are that's what's going to happen. But he, he might could murder kill you. you. He might kidnap you. Yeah. But he'll probably only extort you. Now, what feelings do you have when you get the IRS audit letter? Like, oh no, I don't want to go to jail. Right? I don't want to mm-hmm. get. I don't want to have to go to court. I don't want you know all these things. You're all of a sudden fearful for what's going to happen. You're not. Even if you're you, not relieved. You're not. Oh, thank goodness they're checking up on me to see that I am accurate. I'm well, so glad that we have to pay f- to live in a society by doing this. Well, and and that you may feel that way even if you aren't quote unquote cheating on the taxes, right? right. Like even if you've done everything you can. To do it legally, fill yep. out all the forms and triplicate and cross all the T's and dot all the I's, and you've had an accountant check it over, and you don't want to get in any trouble, you still are never sure. Right. You still never really know if you didn't break one of their stupid laws, because there's so many of them. You yep. haven't read the code. You can't understand the code. You're not a lawyer. Yep. And the lawyers themselves haven't read all the code, because it's impossible for one person to read it all. Yeah, and even the lawyers that specialize in tax law tend to specialize in one particular area mm-hmm. of tax law, because there's too much for any right. human being to know. And in fact, there's too much for them to know even in that one area. Well, I specialize in in uh, uh, water rights. You will not know all of the laws regarding water rights right. in taxation. The taxpayer class with unbelievably high audit rates, that is to say five and a half times virtually everyone else, were low-income wage earners taking the earned income tax <laughs> five credit, and a half times. according to Track, <laughs> noting the poorest taxpayers are, quote, easy marks in an era when IRS increasingly relies upon correspondence audits yet doesn't have the resources to assist taxpayers or answer their questions. In fact, I remember years ago, uh, and this is a long time ago, but I suspect it hasn't changed much, when they did a study when you would call the IRS for help and ask like the 10 most common questions. So not some obscure tax code question, but the most common questions, you would still get wrong answers from these people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So you can't believe a word that they say. I think uh, Mark Stevens used to do a bit of that on the No State Project. In fact, if one ignores the fiction of auditing a millionaire through simply sending a letter in the mail, the odds that millionaires received a regular audit by a revenue agent, 1.1%, was actually less than the audit rate of the targeted lowest income wage earners whose audit rate was 1.27%. That can't be right. The Inflation Reduction Act passed in August of last year directed $80 billion worth of new funding over the next decade to the IRS so it could hire 87,000 new workers. But don't worry, everyone. The Republicans are taking over, and they say, and you can believe them because they are always honest, that the $80 billion in IRS funding, they're going to slash it. They're going to cut that $80 billion. Forget about the 87,000 new agents. It's not going to happen under Republican control. Guaranteed. You believe that, right? This is the thing about 
uh, people, right? So we have, we have to talk about people at some point because, mm-hmm. you know, if people are electing these representatives, then we have to address what's wrong with the people at some point too, right? right? Not just the fact that the system sucks, but it, the people are kind of sucky because they're putting these sucky people into power, mm-hmm. right? And if there isn't anybody but not it's sucky always only sucky people that look for the power. Uh, I right? understand, but then, you know, they should change the way people are given these responsibilities, in my opinion. Well, what do you want to do? Throw your vote away? I mean, Vote for someone who's going to tax us actually less? Who's going to actually reduce the, uh, pow- the power of the authoritarian government? But the people uh, have this thing, and, and it shows up in, like, uh, viewing habits of television and movies and stuff like that. People are uh, attracted to a certain genre, right? Mm-hmm. So we have people who are, like uh, Jerome, for example. He is a political television uh, aficionado. He's, he's watching. A yeah, he can't. He's got that thing on in the background all the time on on CNN yep. or whatever it is he's watching. Uh, and and there are a whole bunch of other people on planet Earth that are just like that. And the problem with the people is that they can't see the redundancy, right? Now, for all of my life. I could see the redundancy, right? Oh, Democrats are in, Republicans are in, Democrats are in, Republicans, Democrats, Republicans. It just government gets shifts. bigger. Government gets time. bigger no matter what. Spending doesn't go down. Taxes always go up, right? I can see the redundancy. But for whatever reason, the the voting public isn't seeing that. And if they are, they're certainly doing nothing about it. I want to just address what they're talking about here, though, is the uh, 118th Congress is unfortunately finally getting rolling there was a few days that they couldn't get anything done because they couldn't agree on yeah yeah something they couldn't agree on who was the house speaker well now they finally Mm -hmm. have agreed the holdouts have stopped holding out they've flipped over and they voted for this guy who's like you know a scumbag of course and so they're pandering. Hey, four days is a good start. We just have 361 to go. If only that had happened. Uh, but unfortunately, they're going to keep doing, quote unquote, the people's business, which, of course, is nonsense. They're going to do what well, their corporate masters. The people the business. That's yeah, they're, exactly. Sure. They're going to be doing what their corporate masters have been tasking them to do. And. They are making a, a big to-do, apparently, about we Republicans, we're going to get rid of this $80 billion in IRS funding because we care about you. And first of all, there's still a Democratic president in, you know, in, in office. Right. So anything they do to pass a slashing of the $80 billion is nothing more than pandering to the voters because it's not going to actually go anywhere. Right. But even if they did, even if they were able to successfully slash the $80 billion, it's still just pandering because the IRS is still it there. It still exists. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, still just as big and bad as it was before the $87 billion. Right. Yep. I mean, they're still destroying innocent people's lives, peaceful people's lives. According to the st- uh, statistics here, more poor people are being audited significantly more, 5.5 times more likely Surprise. to be audited than any other category, the poorest of the poor. Yeah. So that's not going to change. The IRS isn't going to change how it does "quote unquote" business. Right. It's just they won't get, they wouldn't get the eighty billion, which they're going to get because right. the Republicans aren't going to be able to stop. That's it. the same right. exact thing that happens when one party gets into power and says, uh, "Oh, we're going to make some budget cuts." They just cut the rate of spending. Mm-hmm. They don't actually cut the spending itself. That's right. right. Yeah. So you get more deficits right. in that particular yeah. case, which leads to more debt and so on. Yeah. So if the Republicans really cared about you and your financial well-being, they would eliminate the IRS. That's right. Yeah. And that would actually get some real excitement, right? Like yeah. that would get legitimately yes. people would be like, oh, my God, these Republicans really mean yeah. it. They and really then, are And then with that government. would come the elimination of the income tax, which would Correct. be the greatest 
uh, what's the word the they like to use a stimulus package uh, of in a hundred years? Yeah, at of least all time it would make every other stimulus package pale in comparison. Yeah. Because guess what? If you get to keep more of what you earn, you're a more prosperous person, and right. you get to decide where your money goes to. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that people tend not to think about when they're like, "Oh, well, if you uh, if you let them keep their money." Okay, here's one of the things that happens when you let people spend their own money is all of the things that would happen because that money got spent. Okay, so I give that money to you and you're going to spend that money on this and they're going to spend that money on this and they're going to spend that money on this and they're going to spend that money on this. And these forces combine. It is it, it, it's it's not additive. It's not even multiplicative. It's it's an exponential mm-hmm. shift in uh, in positive economic activity it's an exponential increase in people getting their wants and need and needs met that's because you are the best person to decide how to spend your money not some Someone you have no idea who it is in yep. Washington, D.C. How to spend your money, how to live your life, who to associate with, uh, how to build your own house, how to uh, – many number of things. You are the best person to be the captain of yourself. Even if you make a mistake, that's okay too. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes with money. At least it's your mistake and you can learn from that mistake instead of handing over, you know, a third or a fourth or uh, you know uh, half of your income or the money that you make to you these have, bureaucrats. You have no power to stop the mistake when the bureaucrats make it, right? In every other situation in life, right. if you're giving money to an organization and they do a crappy job, you're free to stop giving them your money. But when they take your money from you, you have no freedom to stop the idiocy. And and every improvement in the economy results in a drastic improvement in criminal behavior. Because when you are broke, when you are poor, you make poor decisions. Like when you are barely scraping together enough to survive, you're not going to wait for a good job where you'll be uh, doing the best of your ability. You'll take what's offered. And, you know, a certain portion of the population, that means that they're going to rob people. They're going to steal things. Whereas if you're wealthy enough that you can make good decisions, you don't have to victimize others and you can wait to find the the better use of your time and talents. Let's go to the phones here. We got a caller. You're on the line. What's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. This is Kevin from Florida. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm uh, calling from uh, Governor DeSantis territory. Um it seems like uh, Florida... Wait, wait, wait. Did um, Governor DeSantis go around, like, urinating in places and claim it as his territory? <laughs> no, I believe he's well, calling from our arch-rival, Florida. Oh, I see. Well, it seems like uh, the freedom lovers have moved to Texas and Florida over the past two years. Um, of course, it was caused by the government. But, um, Agreed. In terms of folks moving here, you know, sixty forty was the final government uh, decision here in florida in uh, 2022 when uh, desantis ran again and uh you know we have zero percent income tax as does texas it almost seems like the red lovers if if you will are moving to texas and florida well i think that's an important uh, distinction the people who are for red states are not freedom lovers they are people who uh, only love freedom for certain things. They might love freedom for, you know, or freedom from some level of taxes, maybe. But they sure do love a police state, from what I can tell. They love to crack down on people who might be uh, smoking cannabis or, or you know, perhaps selling sexual services and things like that. These aren't people that really love freedom or the free market, are love they? Love a big military, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's true. Um, some of the smaller populated counties in Florida um, are a little more freedom loving than the ones down south. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, the the Democratic nominee in uh, 2018 that ran against DeSantis. He was proposing a one percent income tax, and he just lost by two percent, and that was pre-COVID. Um, and luckily, DeSantis has um, gone against uh, the COVID measures. He's also well. He didn't in the beginning, the though. It's important to remember that DeSantis was cracking down just like all the uh, all the rest of the governors in the beginning on COVID. And then he realized that it might be more political advent or politically advantageous for him to change his tune on that particular right. issue. Yeah, he saw an opportunity, and an opportunity it was. Right, because he's a slimeball politician just like the rest of them. The fact that anybody who loves freedom could be fooled by this character, mm-hmm. who is a arch-police statist. In fact, I believe Reed Coverdale, who's our uh, Thursday night co-host, mm-hmm. describes him as a neoconservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this guy is bad news. He's big government just in the way he wants the government to be big. That's absolutely right. Actually, when you look at the game theory of the Republican versus Democrats, we have a winner-take-all system. And you almost have to go with one of the two, unfortunately. I've voted libertarian since I was 18, the last 15-plus mm-hmm. years. But uh, in honesty, you almost have to go with one of the two. That um, is no, you don't. Slow that is, a, that a, is the a trick. Kill, one of the two. That is the confidence game. They trick you into believing that you have to choose between these two monsters when the fact of the matter is and look if if trump didn't prove this to you i don't know what will there is nothing that is ever going to change the policies of this government if you go oh the democrats are terrible and you vote Republican. Or if you go, oh, the Republicans are terrible. And, and, and like, I get it. it. The Right now, the more authoritarian party is the Democratic Party. And 20 years ago, the more authoritarian party was the Republicans. It's whoever's in charge. Well, I mean, you know? whoever's in charge is part of it. Yeah. And part of it is just the, the way their narratives shift over the years. But it's going to shift back in the other direction. And then the, the then the war will be a greater focus of our authoritarian tyranny. And we'll be back to the Republicans being the more yeah. authoritarian party. And this is the part that humans can't escape, the feedback loop, if you will, that, that we can't get out of is uh, at some point DeSantis will no longer be in charge in his particular chair and there'll be somebody else probably a democrat because it tends to be how things go with elections well, maybe not maybe it'll be another republican i think what uh, was it kevin i think is saying here is mm-hmm. that there's a bunch of red state people that have moved down to florida to shore up the uh, the republican establishment down there but let's reverse here go back to march of 2022 this DeSantis guy, he's a snake, just like a lot of these other politicians. He'll mm-hmm. say, oh, look over here in this hand. I've got, I've got, I'm against COVID. I've mm-hmm. got all these things that, look, I'm so freedom uh, friendly. And then over here, he's passing every p- pro-cop crackdown uh, police state bill he possibly can. Mm-hmm. Further, the whole, you know, the claim about the Republicans is their quote-unquote small government. But what happened earlier this year in Florida? Lawmakers passed and DeSantis approved a $112 billion budget, the largest in state history. So don't try to tell me that these Republicans... Right, don't try to tell me that these Republicans give one whit 
about anything small government because they're making the government bigger. Yeah, Republicans are load. just a well, different flavor of socialism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their flavor of socialism is the military. Because people don't think that the, they don't think about the military that way, but it is one hundred percent like it is literal communism, like in the sense of, and I don't mean like the the idealistic communism. No, I mean like absolute government ownership of every resource and its means of distribution. That is what the military is, and the Republicans are absolutely that flavor of socialist. Now, the Democrats, well, me, they, they don't get I, rid of the military either, but they're a different flavor of socialism. Go ahead. DeSantis is um, promoting private homeschool uh, and charter schooling methods. He's allowing $6,000 per child. Uh, so if you want to send your child to homeschool or a pod school or a charter school or private school, he is allowing that over the past few years, and I do see a bit of freedom erupting from those where you can subscribe to Definitely. maybe a Tom Woods homeschool or you know hire your own pod school teacher to teach four or five students you know in your own home or in your neighborhood yeah, but think about this how is it how is it school. that that was that has to be allowed how is it that 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 you weren't free to do that anyway right? I think that's well, good, though. I mean, look, I'll give credit where yeah, credit's credit due. If he's too. supporting homeschool, good for him. Uh, you know, I, I, there's something like that here in New Hampshire where they have what they call the education savings accounts. It's not what we want to see, right? We want to see a complete end to all government education. They shouldn't be taking the money from you in the first place in order to just hand it back to you in the form of a check you don't have to beg them for. Right. Uh, so we want to see more than that happening. But, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But, the, again, the point is the overall picture in Florida is government's getting bigger. The budget's getting bigger. It's a record-sized budget in Florida. So and, clearly this guy doesn't care about small government. He's just pandering to you. And and here's a crucial difference. So I know that he is going to be running for president, and I think he will be a way worse president than he is a governor. So like as a governor... Sure, more power. Right. So as a governor, uh, he was loose on the COVID restrictions, and he's, uh, he's allowing uh, 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 homeschooling. That's not going to happen when he's president if he makes president. He's not going to do away with the Department of Education. He's not going to slash their funding. He's going to increase their funding. He's not going to reduce their ability to batter down doors and have SWAT teams. He's going to increase that. Kevin, anything else you want to share? I I do think that uh, modern monetary theory is kind of the unspoken truth amongst both state and, and D.C., uh, so right now, you know, you pretty much have to go with real estate, gold, Bitcoin, and try to um, limit the damage uh, as the uh, as the U.S. falls uh, further into tyranny. Unfortunately, Absolutely I will right. say that uh, I do I do enjoy your show, Free Talk Live. Um, how how many radio stations are you guys on, and and how can a, uh, a person help get you? 
on more radio stations. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, it's about hundred, just over 170 at the moment. We did lose a handful of them, uh, several of them as the new year came into play because we put in this new show format where we cut out literally, you know, eight minutes of commercials every hour. Some stations said that's not for us. We like a lot of commercials, so <laughs> they got rid of us, uh, and that's fine. You know, we're okay moving forward with uh, without them. But uh, if you want to reach out to local radio stations, uh, obviously the talk stations are the one you want to talk to, and try to. Try to reach the program director. It's harder now than it's ever been because stations, especially since COVID, have been cutting back on staffing big time. Uh, They may not even have like a secretary answering the phones up front. So check the website. Look for an email address if you can't get through on the phones. And just send a quick message out saying you want to hear Free Talk Live. And and amps.freetalklive.com. Yeah, that helps too. And one more quick note. Another uh, way to uh, hedge against inflation is art. Art is uncorrelated to all other markets and has really stood the test of time quite well. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, definitely appreciate it. There's more on the way. Uh, we got hour number two uh, coming up here. We can talk more about the IRS cracking down on the poorest of the poor. And you can share your thoughts as well about whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Uh, bring up whatever you want. We're kicking off the second hour of the show. Phones are open. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. The Reverend Captain Kickass is also here. We're going to go into your phone calls here, but for those of you just tuning in, we have been talking about the IRS, according to Reason.com. They are citing a group called Transactional, sorry, Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse. Sounds like a fun place to work, but they've been digging through IRS records and they found that five and a half times virtually everyone else, the taxpayer class with unbelievably high audit rates, were low income wage earners taking the earned income tax credit. These are the lowest of low wage earners do they put like a number on it like below what income per year we're talking below 30 grand below 50 grand i think in order to get earned income tax credit you've got to be below i don't know like 20 grand taxes so i couldn't tell you but i mean i that's what i'm asking do they put a a number on it like what do they consider a a low income Mm, i don't know you'd have to look up the details on uh, the earned income tax credit Uh, once you get above a fairly low number it doesn't it doesn't apply Mm -hmm. anymore but let's go to your phone calls here we got somebody calling in from mexico puerto vallarta danny is on the line danny welcome hey how you doing what's on your mind tonight oh not much Uh, we were just talking about your show here me and uh, jason henza hey all right and i just asked him hey are they talking about the sonora thing and i I guess you are not. Are you talking about the the actual war on drugs that has finally erupted uh, down in Mexico? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I was driving through that when it was happening on my motorcycle. And so I was filming the buses burning, and I put a a YouTube video out on it already. All right, so for our listeners that don't know, because we did talk about this, I think, two nights ago on Free Talk Live, Uh, and it's just absolutely insane. Can you kind of recap for our listeners what is going on down there? Well, so I had no idea what was going on. I, you know, I'm driving a motorcycle, so I'm not yeah. listening. I don't watch TV anyway. Right. And I come up on this bus, and it's burning, and I just thought, oh, a truck caught fire. And then a little ways later, there's another bu- uh, another truck that caught fire. I'm like, okay, this isn't random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nope. then and 
And then there's another one, and then and then a bus and another truck. And now, hold on, before you go on, what kind of buses are we talking about here? Are we talking about like a tour bus with, uh, you know, yeah. really? Yeah, they were hijacking buses and trucks and just, you know, parking them across the road, setting them on fire, oh, cut wow. the road off. Now, truck, you mean like and a semi? I went, or? As far as I, I went as far as I could. I went, you know, I bypassed several roadblocks, and I ended up at the very last roadblock that I could go to. And uh, I end up sleeping, you know, camping in a, a truck stop. Uh, and then the very next morning, I I left from the truck stop, and by 10 a.m. I was in Culiacan, where it was all happening, and it was like nothing ever happened. It's like traffic everywhere, people walking, and you know. And I stopped and asked a couple of people, like, "Hey, how is it? Oh, it's muy tranquilo now." Hmm. And so. You know, just out of curiosity, I, I asked the one guy, like, uh, who do you trust more, the government or the cartel? And he says, uh, they're the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Nice. I figured that. <laughs> uh, so my understanding is what's going on down there is the uh, at the behest, apparently, of the U.S. government, the Spanish federal police or whoever made an arrest yeah. of the son of El Chapo. Right. El Chapo, right. of course, the uh, notorious drug dealer, kingpin guy who got arrested a couple of years ago and was extradited yeah. into the United States, currently in prison. Uh, and right. so they arrested his son, and that erupted a huge fight between the cartel people and the federal government agents down in yeah. Mexico. So, so yeah. were the was the cartel trying to break him out of jail? Uh, well, so this is the second time it happened. It happened a while back, too. I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame was, but the violence got so bad then that they just let him go. Wow. Wow. So now, there was footage, just, by the way, uh, Peakless, of a jail under some form of attack. It wasn't clear where it was or when it was or whatever. There's like, you know, one of these things where you just yeah. see all these yeah. videos coming out. You don't know what's true and, and what's going yeah, on. Right, right. I'm just trying to piece together if this is like a, a tactical assault to get their leadership back in order mm-hmm. or if this is just sort of a punitive measure to be like, don't you mess with us or we'll do all these terrible acts of violence. Probably a little bit of both. So are you saying, Danny, I mean, that it's calmed down now, that there's not ongoing was, shooting? So, you know, I'm, I was asking people everywhere I went, like, you know, hey, what, what's going on? They're like, eh, you know, don't worry about it. That Nobody was afraid. None of the, mm-hmm. the people were afraid. They're like, this is between them. Let them hash it out, right. and it's not a problem. So, you know, the, one of the first places I had actually stopped was like a roadside, roadside shack, and... You know, I bought a little bit of food, and they were closing down. They're like, hey, you can stay here inside of our restaurant with your motorcycle if you want. Hmm. But there was no fear. None of the truckers, nobody was afraid. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't in Culiacan where all the shooting was going on, but Mm -hmm. even when I, when I stopped and talked to people in Culiacan, that was the, the, you know, the sentiment that I got from them. Yeah, you know, just stay out of the way. Interesting. Danny, anything else you want to share tonight about what's going on down there? Uh, well, the reason why I was heading down here is, you know, Anarch Polko. <laughs> I'm, this is Danny Sesum, you know, I'm working with Anarch Polko. Oh, is that Danny? Hey, uh, dude. Danny from the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the formerly of the Crypto Show. Yeah, well, I, I still put some out. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know you guys often. were back. Yeah, okay. yeah, I still put some videos and stuff out. Just, uh, I, 
I'm more focused on what we're doing with Anarchapulco. Yeah, what is going on with Anarchapulco? I, I knew it came back last year. Uh, so how you know what's the plan for this year? What's well, it looking it like? It never went away. We've there's never been a year that hasn't happened. Oh, yet. good, nice. good. Yeah, uh, it's scaled down because of the COVID, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just been getting bigger and bigger. And we're we're taking more of a role in the community and you know helping the orphanage and all. You know, just, when just when when is it this year? And and uh, you know, are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm. I I organize the crypto stage now, so nice. you know, I've got all the the speakers lined up, and we're working on uh, these hydroponic projects or uh, to grow food for the orphanage, so they can grow their own food. Nice and awesome. uh, hopefully have a little a little less carbs in their diet. And it, it's it's been pretty cool that. Just uh, the whole vibe of it has changed a bit since Nathan uh, Freeman is gone, mm-hmm. and I'm actually liking it a lot better. Nice. Uh, I miss I miss attending. Uh, unfortunately, I'm on bail conditions now, so I can't leave yeah. uh, the country. But it was always a good event. Yeah, that sucks. I uh... FM. On the the uh, broadcast radio, Danny, but I do appreciate yeah. you, you uh, calling us up here tonight, man. Thank you for uh, for the update. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. We are doing a radio show still, even though it feels a little more like an internet show. It's still well, an actual radio show. I hope mailed with BS either. Yeah. yeah, me too. We still fear the FCC like people fear the IRS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Sad whole thing, thing has been BS, that's for sure. And, you know, I'm not going to likely walk away with no damage from this, obviously. I mean, I've been found guilty now by a jury of my so-called peers and so funny ultimately. how your peers are by definition people who don't know what bitcoin is yeah well yeah. one of them did at least and uh, he wasn't a fan of it apparently yeah. from what i understand but uh, that aside we'll, we'll keep you up to date as that goes on um, and so he's, he's talking about this uh, uh cartel versus government thing yeah it's I crazy can't, i can't help but think like oh so this is what uh republican versus democrat would be like if they were honest like if they actually shot at one another, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're fighting. They over really work together. Of a government, they actually they work usually together. Work together, yeah. and at the moment, they're like having a dispute. Well, I mean, but the difference here, though, is that the cartel doesn't want to be your government. They just want to sell drugs. You know, they're busy doing that thing, That's and they want to be. No, okay. So a a cartel in general, the way that they operate, includes things like okay, this person's allowed to sell drugs here. Mm-hmm. No one else is allowed well, to sure, sell drugs. Sure, that's a territory thing. Area. Okay, that's the same thing as as licensure. I I get what you're saying there, but that's only over that one product. They don't want to tell you you can't open a business to sell soda pop or whatever. Whatever business in they're in, they don't want you in. Well, obviously that's and true. If a cartel gained enough power, I guarantee that they would be in soda pop. Well, the problem is soda pop is legal, and so the only way a cartel is going to do business in something is if it's prohibited. So you have the government to blame for the existence of the cartel, but a lot of people, as I understand it, who've lived in areas where there's a cartel presence are sort of like what Danny was talking about there. It's like, hey, you leave them alone, and for the most part, you know, they're going to leave you alone. You probably aren't going to get caught in the crossfire if you're not hanging around with these characters, right? Like, mm. there's... They they target people specifically, generally. If you you hear about the violence, uh, people getting their heads cut off or whatever, all the hor- horrific things that they allegedly do, and it's not like 
strangers. You know, it's not mm. just randos that they're picking off the uh, the streets. You're not going to get kidnapped likely by the cartel unless you're a member of a competing cartel. Or the police or something. Well, you know? Or so, if you are selling cannabis in their cannabis selling zone. That would make you a competing uh, cartel, basically. I'm not afraid of the Coke cartel. I'm not afraid of the Pepsi cartel. I'm afraid of the Shasta cartel. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the Shasta cartel. Maybe the Sundrop cartel. Uh. Look, I'm not saying the cartel are good guys, right? But I'm not going to say they're as bad as the Mexican government is. The Mexican government presumes to dominate you just as the federal government in the united states Mm -hmm. does on everything that you do they presume that you owe them some annual percentage of the money that you make Mm -hmm. and i've never heard the same thing about the cartels so well it still reminds me of uh picking between democrat and republican i mean you're still picking from one violent gang or another and sure one of them is definitely better and definitely evil do you like, think that in the absence of governments, drug cartels go away because now they, they're just businesses? Definitely. I mean, are there liquor cartels? I mean, beyond the fact that there's still regulations of liquor and still, you know, there's still limitations on who can and can't enter the But industry. I mean, like, they're even, not shooting uh, even each outside other. of, like, like the, the Mexican drug cartels for it, mm-hmm. specifically, I guess, because well, we're talking about it. If, if governments didn't exist... And everybody's free to trade as they want to. Then do the gar- the cartels just become business people? Well, in a free market, uh, cartelization is a transitory problem. And what I mean by that is when you don't have uh, a, a fully established and socially accepted gang forcing a particular group to be the only ones allowed to do a thing. When you don't have that, yeah, sure, every now and again, uh, some of the big players will get together and do like a price fix. But the the reward for breaking that price fix is so high that inevitably one of them does, and then the cartel ends. Okay. If you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. If there's any updates on what's going on in Mexico, I'd love to hear about it. Again, it's one of those things where it's hard to really get a real feel. Kind of like the Ukraine situation. There's just random videos coming out, and you don't know if they're from 2014 or if they're from yesterday right, or, yeah. or what. Uh, but the videos that were coming out were pretty crazy with like cartel, alleged cartel members with heavy weapons shooting apparently at helicopters helicopters shooting at them and just like wild stuff sounds like warfare to me yeah and and an actual drug war like normally the other side the drug side doesn't fight back right Right. like normally it's just a war on drugs where the drugs just keep getting captured and the people that are selling the drugs get captured and there's usually never any real pushback from the cartel side you usually don't see much as far as like them defending themselves usually you know they get they capture a guy he goes to prison and that's the end of him right he gets replaced by his lieutenants and then the the war you know the, the the thing moves on but here there was actually bullets and other things being sprayed from both directions now, there is one uh, one thing I'd like to point out is that a lot of mafias, and uh, there's really a, a very little difference between a cartel and a mafia. There's there's kind yeah, of... Yeah, for uh, sure. Right. So a lot of mafias do shakedowns. You know, nice shop you got here. Yeah. Be a shame if something were to happen to it. So I'll protect that for this fee, which is identical to taxes, with the exception that that is not seen as a moral good by society. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the exception that the mafia or the cartel might is probably more likely to keep their end of the bargain than a government is. Right. Uh, we can continue here. The number is 603-283-6160. I was just looking to see if there's any other 
uh, news coming out of Culiacan, which is part of the Sinaloa state in Mexico. That is on the west coast of Mexico, so not quite south of uh, California, but a little ways in. Not not you know not southern Mexico, but don't know much else about it. Uh, but you're welcome to join us here if you want. So we were talking about the IRS here. Unfortunately, that's something that a lot of people have experience with. And a lot more people than you might want to imagine have experienced getting audited by the IRS, including, according to the story here, more likely to be poor people being targeted by the IRS. This is what uh, Reason.com is sharing here. Uh, They talk about the Biden administration and others claimed that this so-called Inflation Reduction Act that added the $80 billion to the IRS budget, added the alleged 87,000 new workers, they said this would no way increase audits for those making under $400,000 a year. (laughs) Which, of course, means that that's exactly what happened. It did increase, even though they said there's no way it would. Yeah, they said that the increased capacity meant only those at the top would be targeted, the supporters said. But this ignores (laughs) how the IRS's incentives work and how agency-wide reform might be too heavy of a lift. Correspondence audits, which are conducted via mail and are the type frequently used when interacting with the poorest of taxpayers, are much easier and cheaper to conduct than other types of audits. Mm -hmm. Plus, the earned income tax credit is easy to get wrong. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office estimates that the new hires with experience in the field will take almost three years of ramp-up time, with more junior uh, new hires taking longer. The lag time between 2022's infusion of funding and legitimately increased capacity will be enormous, if the agency can even snag the best in the industry, when TurboTax and H&R Block will surely be swelling their own ranks. It makes sense that, given a dearth of experienced auditors not likely to be fixed soon, the agency would rely on the easiest and least time-consuming types of audits, which are these Mm -hmm. correspondence audits. But be suspicious of the idea that an infusion of cash will solve long-standing problems within the IRS. This is, after all, the agency that sent $1.1 billion in child welfare payments to the wrong people over the course of merely five months during the pandemic. It's the agency that was hacked in 2015, resulting in the personal information of more than 700,000 taxpayers being compromised. It's the agency that's been foolishly going after Americans who hold $10,000 or more in a foreign bank account since 2010, never mind the fact that many of them are middle-class expatriates and not people with yachts in the Mediterranean. And it's the agency that enabled the richest Americans' intimate financial information to be thumbed through by ProPublica readers. It will take more than a little cash to fix all of this. And as the IRS's competence and tenacity increase, so too will the tenacity of the vast infrastructure of accountants and lawyers hired by the rich to creatively minimize their tax burdens. Yeah, so, And you got to love how they shift the rules so that, oh, well... $600, which, like, you know, good luck getting a two-week paycheck that's under $600, yep. right? Oh, well, $600 moved into a bank account. You better make sure to give us a report of that. Gotta account. file those forms. Now, how many billions of dollars have we sent to Ukraine? 110, I believe, at this Are point. Are you sure? Because no. no one's sure. No, we're not even going to bother to try to set anyone up to see where any of that money is going to have the slightest accountability of the billions of dollars that are getting thrown over there. Yeah. No, How about, no, no. Uh, that, that would slow down it coming back into the politicians' pockets, as we specifically saw happen through uh, Sam Bankman fried How about uh, we open up uh, for public scrutiny every politician's personal bank accounts? Wouldn't that be lovely? 
Well, yeah. I mean, if they want to demand, I mean, you, if they're not doing anything wrong, they got nothing to hide, right? Right. right. Yeah. They should. They should lead by example right. and turn over the last, you know, seven years of all their bank account records. I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea, Captain. I'm sure they're going to propose that. I'm an idea guy. this year, right? Yeah. They're gonna They're gonna run with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even if they did, which you know, fat chance of that. But even yeah. if they did, what usually happens with politicians is they get their job in politics in mm-hmm. a position of power. They they do all of these favors for all of their political donors, and then after they retire is when they collect all of their money from all of those donors. Sure. You know, through oh, speaking fees. Yep. That is my absolute favorite grift. Oh, I'm a consultant now. Pay me. Yeah. yeah sometimes they yeah. just get straight up hired by the corporations for whatever purpose. Yep. They'll get hired by those corporations. They'll get consultant fees. They'll get speaking fees. Uh, yep. Another one of my favorites is the book deals that they get, which no one's buying those books. I, of course, no one cares what they have to say, but it's a great way to pay them off and make it look legitimate. I, of course, can't wait for the results of the uh, independent investigation that the government has put upon themselves to find out why so many politicians start out uh, at you know at their whatever their salary is, but then right. when they get out, they're multimillionaires. Right. I can't wait for the results of that independent investigation that the government has put on. I want to go back to your claim that no one's buying the politicians' books. Yeah, absolutely. I don't believe it because uh, th- there are a bunch of people in the United States who are absolutely obsessed. You mentioned Jerome earlier, right? Like this guy reads and thinks about He's politics. Call now we've summoned Const- him. I'd be happy to hear from Jerome. <laughs> I love his calls. Uh, but they they're constantly obsessed with these political uh, people, and they want to know what they're doing, they want to know what they're thinking, they think they're important. We don't think so. For some people, politicians are the equivalent of, like, People magazine. Right, and so, to to give you an example... I'm not saying none are getting sold, but I'm saying that these are drastically inflated numbers. Maybe so. And the real numbers of those books getting sold are way lower. That may be true, but I was in Concord, New Hampshire. There's a bookstore on Main Street there. Mm-hmm. And this was a few years ago. Uh, Vermin Supreme was going to be out there protesting or, you know, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that wears a boot. If you don't know who Vermin Supreme is, you should look him up. He's really entertaining. He's, he's basically uh, a, a satirist. He's yes. a sat- uh, satirism. Uh, he wears a boot on his head. Yes, correct. Just for those of you correct. who are not familiar with his antics. <laughs> he's point. been around forever. He has. He went out there because it was Hillary Clinton's book that she was going to be at this bookstore signing autographs. And dude... The line went around the block, yeah. and it is a big block. Not completely around, but it went around at least two sides of a humongous block on a cold day. Like, it was cold, it was ugly, but these political junkies, these mostly, you know, women, were out there, in left, leftist Democrats, just standing and waiting for hours in so they could see her. In defense of the, the long line of people waiting for Hillary Clinton, they didn't want to meet the, the Clinton-style demise. So they didn't want to get killed. I'm, I'm just saying, man, trail, trail of blood that long, man. That's not the reason, though. It's, it's funny, Captain, but that's not the reason those people were there. They sure. were there because they wanted to see the royalty. They wanted to to touch, to have the chance to have the royalty. Yeah, people still love their kings and queens, don't right. they? And those are two different things. So it's one thing to like, and, and it really is a religious thing. Like, I want you to be in my presence and place your mark upon my property so that a piece yeah, right. of your power and your blessed divineness will be mine to keep. That's one thing. Now, that But they is, still bought the book. Sure, because yeah. that was the only way to get the signature. <laughs> right. Now, someone's sitting at home and going on Amazon and going, you know, I really want to know what this politician has to say. Mm-hmm. That is 
way less common. It is interesting as like a, a, a way of reinforcing mm, statism is to, you know, if you're in England and, you know, the king or queen or, you know, whatever writes a book, they're, okay, they wrote a book. Here in the U.S., you get, you know, in every so many number of years, a new king or queen. And so, like, you get a new book every four or eight years or whatever it is. Oh, God. They probably didn't even write it. It's probably a ghostwriter. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. You can join the show, and we're going to continue. Calls and thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us here. Live Saturday show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And it's Ian Pinkles Mountaineer and Captain Kickass here in the studio tonight. You may have heard that a jury has found me guilty of eight completely victimless nonviolent crimes, so-called crimes. Uh, this happened about two weeks ago. And, uh, Sadly. You know, we're not happy about it. But it is what it is, and so the next step is sentencing, and that's going to be happening on April 14th, I believe, right before tax day. Isn't there some motioning there, or does that happen after? There's a motion in play to uh, dismiss all of the counts sure. that uh, was filed in the middle of the trial, like right, I when, remember right that. when the prosecution rested. Oh, I'm thinking appeals. When Do, do appeals come after sentencing? Yes. Okay. So all the right. sentence has to be imposed, and then the appeal can okay. be filed. We are hoping that I'll be able to stay out pending the appeal. There's a good chance of that, as long as I'm able to obey all the restrictions right. that I'm underneath, and so far hasn't been a problem. Uh, and uh, so that's what's kind of in play at the moment. If you would like to say a thing to the judge in this case about what you think should happen as far as sentencing is concerned, uh, we do have an address that you can you can write a letter to, and there's instructions. All you got to do is go to letters.freetalklive.com. They'll take you to a blog post that I made earlier this week. There have already been a large number of people more than I, I i i don't know what i expected but i i definitely appreciate the people that have been reaching out and it it's really nice to to hear from people that you you know you made a difference in their life in some way uh so thank you to everybody that has already reached out and is saying kind things or willing to say kind things in a letter to the judge uh, his name is Joseph LaPlante and to his credit and i've i've said this throughout the trial this isn't something i'm saying just because you know i got found guilty sure. i said throughout the trial that i felt like he was surprisingly fair uh for a, for a federal judge we've all heard the horror stories of uh, federal judges especially ross ulbrich's case of course where he just totally got railroaded uh from from top to bottom couldn't even put on a defense we were able to put on our defense unfortunately the jury i don't i don't know uh, that he was fair or if he was attempting to appear Fair, because there were some things okay. he did that I didn't like. But I think that, uh, yes, based in New Hampshire, uh, you know, he's a New Hampshire guy. I think he is, yeah. he's far more likely to uh, a- at least appear more fair than other federal judges. He made an effort, I feel like, to yeah. to do that. And so, you know, he and he did show that he was able to actually listen and change his mind. Remember when our friend Nobody was uh, in jail, he initially had said he was inclined to keep him there, but he'd be willing to listen to the arguments. And then after he heard the arguments, he changed his mind yeah. and uh, and he let him out. So, you know, he, I think he can be persuaded what that's going to mean as far as what he's going to do. Who knows? Because, right. you know, but 
it can't hurt to write a letter. And so if you want to help me out, you can do that. Go to letters.freetalklive.com. If you feel like I have benefited you in some way, uh, or if you think that I benefited the community in some way and you want to comment about those things, then feel free. Don't Delete. use this as a platform to attack you know, the government right. or whatever. That's not going to help with no, that won't uh, help the at sentencing all. at all. So just keep that in mind. And all that stuff is over at letters.freetalklive.com. Do we know that he will actually receive them? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's going to be filed by my attorney. So okay. we're, we are collecting them physically. Like, you will mail it once yep. you're done writing it, sign it, put your contact info on it, and mail it in, and uh, and then it will be submitted by my attorney into, uh, to the judge. So, okay. Yeah, for All sure. Right. It'll definitely get to them. All right, so let's go to the phones here. Let's talk to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, so, so this, uh, your session, they want to make the speeding tickets a criminal offense uh, that it's going to be changed in their state statute wow so does that mean they will be a violation or a misdemeanor well i i what i understand is uh, when this gets passed it it'll be um put on the uh you could go against your insurance uh points it's already happening in a license. lot of places. If you get enough speeding tickets, you'll yeah. get insurance uh, points. But see, the our, our state, I think it was always just considered like a parking ticket um, or traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. So they want to also make it so that it also goes on your credit. That That's what happens in states like Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, um, Illinois, um, Arizona is like that. So... So, and then this also you know, why don't you just go all the way and call for the execution of uh, speeders, Sarah? Wouldn't that solve the problem? Well, I mean, we don't have to go that far. Oh, okay. Why not? Why not? Why not, Sarah? But you know what I mean? I don't know if they, they'd be able to take people to jail. I don't think we're going to go that far in this. No, they why not? absolutely so, can. If this is a criminal f- offense, they can put you in jail for it. Especially if you don't end up paying the the uh, price of this, but no, why not just execute people who speed? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why? You know what I mean? Why is that ridiculous, people that Sarah? Kill people. Kidnapping but, uh, them isn't ridiculous. Torturing them isn't ridiculous. But execution is. Explain why. No, no, I, I mean that. You know what? You know how many murders that we had in Albuquerque this year? I think maybe a hundred and sixty. We broke the record. And last year we broke the record, and we still have no executions in our state. So, uh, wanting execution for speeding camera tickets are ridiculous. I think that what they're talking about, it's not even, we're not going to even put them in jail. It's just now it's going to go against your driver's. You could lose. You Do you want to see them put uh, in jail? Would like, you like to see that happen to speeders? Should they go to jail? Well, it's like that already in other states. I, I was talking to people from Chicago, they got 60 uh, red light cameras. <laughs> You tear them up, they will arrest you. You ignore one of those tickets, you blow your nose, throw it in the garbage like they do here. Mm-hmm. They, you got a warrant out for your arrest. They will put you in jail. And I you support that. Long. Um, you know something? I, I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I, I was told that in Texas So jail time for speeding, okay with Sarah. Death penalty goes too far for Sarah. How much right, jail, right, though? What's that? a good amount of jail, do you think, for a speeding ticket? Say going 30 no, miles over in a 60. You're going 90 miles an hour in a 60. No, these are people that refuse to pay, that do not want to appeal themselves in court. 
just judge. I did not know I was feeding. I was trying to get to my mother in the hospital. My kid was sick in the school. You're saying only the people that refuse to pay for the ticket should go to jail, not not just any old speeder? Pay or you explain yourself in court. You have to appeal. If you, if you ignore the ticket, you and then you use it for toilet paper like they've done. No, no, no I didn't hear what your answer was. Point, well, she's pointing out that it's not just if you don't pay. It's if you don't pay and the court doesn't forgive you. Well, if you pay, then, you, then you're then you excused from the court. A lot of people do pay because they don't want to be bothered mm-hmm. with going to court, explaining themselves. So what you're saying but is people rich that- people should not have to go to jail for speeding. Well, I mean, there's hardly no rich people in New Mexico. There's no rich people here. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's rich people there. They own companies or whatever. There's some rich people living in New Mexico. You're saying those people should be able to speed all they want. All they have to do is just pay the tickets, and then it's totally fine. Well, over here, you could work it off for four hours. I mean, if you can't pay, just work for four hours. But you're just. But but I just want to clarify. You're okay with that, right? Because you said you support people going to jail for speeding. But you you said it's only if they don't pay. And so, therefore, you want to put poor people behind bars. You don't want to put rich people behind well, bars. Yeah, well, the thing is, I don't mind because there's not too many. There's Rich people are seldom and far be between in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So most of the people that will pay the ticket and that go to jail will be the poor, uh, poor people that don't want to do four hours of work. And so if you uh, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford to pay, you're okay with making them a slave for four hours? Well, I mean, yeah, you got to learn your consequences. No, 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 it's I mean? just because they can't pay. They can't afford it. They don't have the money to pay it. You're okay with making them a slave for four hours because they're poor? Well, yeah, if they were speeding. They what if they have? They uh, what if they have bipolar, Sarah? Like you? I mean, you say bipolar means you can't work. What if they can't work? Well, I mean, maybe they'll just have them do stuff like picking up garbage. Why would? Are you saying you can pick up garbage? Anyway? Well, I mean, but I don't have a car to get a ticket. Most people in SSI uh, don't even have a car. Okay, okay. But people who are I, like you and have a car. They should be forced to pick up garbage if they uh, disobey the speeding ticket. Right, it's a it's a privilege, and it's um it's not a right. So what you're saying is, if you were told these people need to know that if you disobey the government, you deserve to be enslaved. Well, and what you're saying though, Sarah, is that you could pick up garbage, even though you say you can't work. You've told us a, a bunch of times that you cannot possibly work. Because of your bipolar disorder, and that's why you collect social security payments at age fifty or you know whatever you are, fifty something. Fifty three. Yeah. So well, uh, there's other. I mean, if it if it wants to like paying off a speeding ticket that I'm not going to get because I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Why are you accusing me of having a? a no, 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 no. I'm not accusing you of anything about a car. a car. I'm just saying you're you're saying you think people with bipolar disorder can pick up garbage, which sounds to me like you could work if you wanted to. You just don't want to work. Well, it's it's hard to explain. There's yeah. other reasons behind it, but mm-hmm. I don't know if those. It's a load of garbage. Your reason is you just don't want to work. You love having not to work. You love just calling in talk radio all day, every day, talking about the you know government stuff that you love, and more government penalties and tickets and speeding cameras and and collecting a check just to sit sit around the trailer and, or the townhouse now. And, and how she wants to well, impose her will upon other people yeah. who do things that she doesn't even have herself.
Right. And you want to be as cruel as possible to anyone who is in this other category. I'm not in the category of a driver, but all these other people are in the other category. Do anything you want. Okay, maybe don't kill them, but enslave them. That's fine. Throw them in jail. That's fine. Steal their money. Extort them for their money. That's all. That's good. That's actively good to keep them from, well, to hurt these people that are in another category that you're not in. Well, I mean, they have a, a, a vehicle speeding. That's a legal weapon. How come they're trying to <laughs> run me over and kill me? Well, then why shouldn't they be charged with attempted murder then? Yeah. Why, why speeding? I mean, if it's a weapon, manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter every time. Let's get well, them in prison. No cameras to take a picture to catch these. But it's always hit and run. There's no consequence. They don't. You have no empathy, do you? Well, so now there, there's actually one place where we would agree. If they actually cause damage and they get away with it, that's unacceptable. Sure, I'll we, I'll we agree that. on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But where we disagree is that you think that all of these absolutely cruel things should be done in an attempt, an attempt to prevent them from causing this damage. And we don't think that you should punish people who haven't damaged anyone. Thank and, you, sir. Well, hold on. Uh, yeah. b- before she goes, I wanted to. Uh, she had uh, talked earlier uh, about how she's not on welfare, and I wanted to get a clarification on that. She calls well, it something I don't else. Disability. It's permanent disability. I've been on this since I was 28 years old. Yeah, that's a kind welfare, of welfare. They cut you up. They have to re- recertify. You have to prove constantly that you're in need. Over and over again, but I'm in, I've been proven until you're just I playing died. word games, so Sarah. It's just a word game. That's all. It's welfare. Yeah, I mean, I've got a dec- uh, dictionary definition here: financial or other assistance to an individual or family from a state, city, or national government. That's it. That's what but, you get. But it's a different thing. But I'm saying it's that not a different thing. You're on welfare, you Sarah. Made it like this a long time ago. Sarah, you're just, just playing legal games. Credit. I don't want to talk about the speeding tickets anymore. Let's talk about you. You're just playing legal word games here. Welfare has a definition. What you're on, Social Security quote-unquote disability for your bipolar disorder, is straight-up welfare because you are absolutely capable of working. You just admitted tonight you could pick up garbage if you wanted to. For four hours. Four hours. Yeah, four hours a day. You could get a garbage pickup job. That's a shift. Not not four hours a day, but but are you You could, though. Huh? You could. Are you are you the one that's running the Are you crippled? Well, otherwise we'll have like five. Sarah, are you crippled? Huh? Can you walk? I I can walk. Yeah. Can you move your arms? You know what? You're. Are you my doctor or something? I do not have to answer your questions. (laughs) No, you don't. You're right. Goodbye. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Let's go to Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. I can cure the problem. We'll make the whole world like a trailer park and put speed bumps every 50 feet. And then on the outside of them, I want spikes. So you can't go around the speed bumps. Watch out for the bottle kids. Mm. <laughs> trailer park boys. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, oh, Major. Yeah, I, I, I saw a few episodes of them, but I guess I missed that one. Oh, they're in more than one. Yeah. So what's up, man? You called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys were talking earlier about uh, the politicians getting all these book deals and whatnot. Yeah, and you don't even got to be a politician. Think of Hunter Biden and his and his seventh grade mm-hmm. half million dollar artworks. What What does that have to do with book deals? I'm sorry. What? Well, no, they're, they're, some of them get painting deals. Some of them get book deals. Some yeah. of them get oh, I see. Deals. Well, he's, the, the he's, claim he's, on the painting thing is that that's money laundering, right? So the idea is. 
that he's got all this or people have all this money and they need to be able to give it to him and so they that he uh, sells these well, and that's art my claim pieces. that's my claim on the majority of book deals from politicians hmm. i think this is also a way to launder money it looks clean it looks like they're providing a good or service that people want but i don't think that's what's actually happening here hmm. major yeah i i i, I totally agree all right man. yeah and you know, since since you bring it up, uh, it's it's one of those things that people don't tend to think about. But like the money laundering aspect of the art world is really what drives the whole thing. Mm. So I mean, like you have these experts that are college educated that they actually don't know anything about art, but they do learn what the tradition of what they're supposed to say about art is. So they can be manipulated to say, oh, well, here's what's in vogue now, and here is what is passe. And the reason for that is because the people who are laundering money need more money to be laundered in this form of art and less money to be laundered in that form of art so that they can, oh, well, this is passe, so this will get sold for a low price. And this is this is hot now, so this is high culture. This gets sold for a high price so that they can sh- shift this piece of art to this person for cheap and this piece of art to this person for a high price. Hmm. Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. By the way, uh, coming up a little later on, Beard Talk Live, I believe, is set for, oh, yeah. what's the episode number? 21. Well, yeah, we're going to be legal to drink. Right? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> uh, that's going to happen tonight, 1030 Eastern Time. You can join these guys and maybe nobody, although he no-showed last night, so I don't know if he's going to be, oh, okay. I don't know if he's around. He didn't respond to me. I hope he's, hope hope, he's okay. I hope he hasn't been yeah. abducted by aliens again. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, did he talk about that on the show with you guys? No. Uh, not on the there? show. Oh, Okay. But, uh, yeah, that was weird. It was. It was really weird. Hope he's okay. Uh, yeah, maybe he'll too. show up tonight. That's 1030 Eastern time. You can join uh, the captain, join Peakless Mountaineer. Open phones, of course, as well. But no FCC That's to right. uh, bother us with having to hit the dump button, uh, which we unfortunately had to do earlier tonight. You don't have that FCC, <laughs> which means a little bit more fun. So check it out tonight, 10.30 Eastern. You can join them over at video.freetalklive.com on our Odyssey channel. Uh, Also, watch.freetalklive.com takes you right to the streaming page. That's right where you need to be uh, tonight at 10.30 Eastern. And where are the archives? Uh, they're in the podcast, actually. You can get Beard.freetalklive.com. That as well, yep. Uh, feeds.freetalklive.com is how you can subscribe to our podcast, and they'll be in there, too. What were you going to say? I was just going to say I'm I'm uh, tickled pink that uh, that Bonnie finally had to... Uh, it, it's sort of a rite of passage, because at some point you get so excited that you break an FCC rule and have to get dumped. She oh, did. Did Bonnie week. get dumped? Yeah, yeah. F-bomb. Yeah. F-bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. nice. She was not effing around when she, did, <laughs> wow. when she decided to... You know, it's... Now it really is kind it. of like a, a rite of passage yeah. to me. Happens to everybody. <laughs> uh, you had something, Peakless, regarding the IRS here tonight as well. So not only are they targeting poor people, the poorest of the poor, more often than anyone else, which is, of course, what they've always done, because mm-hmm. uh, they're easy targets. And this is a criminal enterprise. It's a criminal gang of bullies that are going to uh, take advantage of people. Yeah, the, the IRS is the actual bullies, right? The the, yep. the politicians and the legislatures, they, they write all these things on paper that say things, but it's the people who enforce the things. The cops and the IRS, yes. That are the actual bullies. And so the IRS, anybody who works for the IRS, you're a freaking bully yeah absolutely no right so what else are they doing because it's not just targeting poor people 
Yeah, well, so the uh, the IRS, uh, I've got a couple of uh, things here. One of them is they see crypto companies as potential crime-fighting partners, <laughs> which <laughs> you got to love the way that they're phrased. First this. of all, the IRS does not fight crime. They commit crime. Mm. Right. Right. They are not the Justice League. They are the evil crime league of evil. Fighters. Anybody working for the IRS, if you believe you're a crime fighter, you're freaking delusional. No doubt. That they actually uh, create crime, too, that never existed before, like in, in the Crypto 6 case, where they sent yeah. an undercover agent into our community to then pretend like he was a heroin dealer yep. and then try to get me to sell Bitcoin to him, which I refused to do. And they still charged me anyway with yep. uh, with money laundering, and the jury found me guilty of it. So like that that wasn't even an actual thing that happened, but it still got I still got yeah. charged with it. got set up. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it works on people, right? Like in a lot of cases when they, because they do this all the time. Yeah. And in fact, I knew that they did it all the time. I was aware of the fact that they did this. So I yeah. was like, okay, this guy's probably a fed when he talked about how he was a heroin dealer. Right, yeah. And so like red alert, okay, likely undercover agent here because in every other case with an online Bitcoin seller, they always send this guy or one of his buddies or yeah, whatever, right. someone in the undercover department, and they always claim to be a heroin dealer. Like it's the exact same setup every time. <laughs> wow. And a lot of times it works, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, and, and I think the the best example of this is the fact that usually these guys that are selling bitcoins are doing it alone, right? They don't have a, a meetup that they're going to regularly. Uh, so this guy, he never got me alone. And he's a scary looking dude. I mean, you've, if you saw him on the, the stand, like he's this Belarusian, you know, thug, basically. Mm-hmm. And he looks like, you know, he's, he's a big dude, right? This guy, you're in a, if you're in a car alone with him and he's wanting to buy bitcoin from you and he's bought from you a couple times before and now he says he's a heroin dealer... And he's ready to buy his twenty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin from you. Right. You might feel like this is an offer you can't refuse. You, right. you might be a little intimidating to say no to right. a Belarusian thug that's in your car and you're all alone in some parking lot or something like that, right? right? Yeah, like yeah. in our case, he was at a public meeting. We were all hanging out together at uh, Central Square in in New Hampshire, so you know it was easy to just ignore him and you know not not do right. anything about it. And then later on, I of course told him no when he pressed me on. Uh, instant messenger but that wasn't enough they still charged me with money laundering so it's just crazy what these people are doing well it's obvious the reason that it's always heroin because even even cocaine has a certain amount of social acceptance at this point Mm -hmm. it's like oh well yeah you know especially amongst law enforcement those wolf of wall street people do it and like all these business people do it and these politicians might be on it and like there's a level of acceptance to it lawyers Uh, love cocaine yeah yeah. So uh, I'm told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannabis has general acceptance through most of the population at this point, but heroin destroys people's lives pretty much exclusively. Like, there is almost no one who can use that responsibly, and certainly it is not expected that anyone can use that responsibly in the general public. Sure. So they, they pose as a heroin dealer so that they can say, see, this guy's dealing with heroin dealers. He's he's part of the heroin right. dealership. Right, and it looks bad in front of a jury. Exactly. In that case. Yep. Yeah, uh, the, so they're just making up stuff, making up crimes, quote unquote. Yeah. But yeah. The amazing thing to to me on this is just how it's a complete one eighty. I mean, the the whole time it's been like, no, this is this is used by criminals. This is all about crime. Crypto, you're talking about? Yeah. That. 
yeah, crypto is all about crime and it's it's how they launder their money. And like, I mean, we've been saying since the beginning, like Bitcoin. No, Bitcoin is not a way to launder money. Like the fact the fact of the matter is that it leaves a permanent record, Mm -hmm. a permanent record that can be seen by anyone on Earth. Now, whether or not you have this particular wallet associated with this individual, that's a question. But once you do have that, there is a permanent record sure. that this time, this wallet sent this amount of Bitcoin, and that will never, ever go away. And then you can find out, okay, well, this wallet that that got sent to, here's the wallets that they're dealing with. And they finally figured that out, or at least finally started announcing that they have figured out that, hey, we could use this to track down all these criminals. So even the IRS has turned has turned their story to saying, oh, well, maybe crypto isn't actually this big boogeyman that is only used for drug dealers and hiring hitmen. Mm -hmm. But, hey, this could be the tool that we use. Now, the unfortunate part of this is that it does play into, you know, some people believe that uh, that Bitcoin is fundamentally a tool of the establishment. The CIA mm. invented it as a way of tracking us all. I don't buy it. I don't buy that either. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are not likely to have invented a thing that could cut their own. If that were true, power. CBDCs wouldn't even be a thing. Right. Exactly right. So the IRS wants to team up with cryptocurrency exchanges here. We're going to find out about that on the way. You can bring up in it whatever's on your mind. Hour number three coming up here. The number 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and we are continuing here, kicking off a third hour of this live Saturday edition of the show. Of course, you can bring up anything you want to discuss here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, still to come here tonight, Peakless Mountaineer has a story about the IRS. We just barely scratched the surface in the last hour. They are apparently planning to team up with cryptocurrency exchanges as though you needed another reason to leave centralized exchanges mm. uh, we can talk about that coming up here in a little bit it's ian peakless mountaineer and captain kickass in the studio let's go to the phones though to start things out here neil is on the line in arizona listening to k talks go ahead neil that was very quick hey i can barely hear you though oh i'm sorry about that i don't know if there's anything i can do to uh to make that better for you but well, I'm hearing you, but do your best. Your, your volume. Do your okay, best. Anyway, I would like to talk to you uh, in order here. Uh, let's start with Truth Social. For the first time today, I tried to get on Donald Trump's, uh, I guess, version. I get. I guess I would say of uh, Twitter or yep. or Facebook. And uh, when I clicked on the thing to download it. It took me to a thing where I had to put in a credit card number. What? And then what I was looking at didn't say true social at the top anymore. Mm. And, Uh-oh. And I, I didn't progress any further. So do you guys know anything about his website? That sounds like a possible scam to me. I think you were a good move to not progress yeah. further on that one. Yeah, if you click on a link and it takes you somewhere that asks you for money and the URL changes or at least doesn't look right, uh, run very quickly, close your browser, 
you know, uh, it, clear it your cookies. My, it says that my, my, my debit card, or, well, I would have been using a debit card, would not be charged. I, I didn't know. I thought about, well, maybe they use this to verify if I'm an adult or not. There are but, websites that will do that if you sign up for, like, a free trial of something that eventually bills you. You know, and then, you know, it'll be written out. It'll say, hey, you agree to like one free month of this thing. And after this month expires, we're going to charge you X, whatever it is. Uh, there are versions of that that are legit that that happen. But if you tried to sign up for just a social media platform and they asked you for a credit card, that's I, suspicious as hell. Yeah. Oh, OK. And Did, or just to clarify, like- Neil, are you saying you went to truthsocial.com? And that is where you saw this, or did you download their app onto a smartphone? I went to my well. I went to my web browser mm-hmm. and I typed in truesocial dot com, and yep. from there it took me to a thing where I had to download an app mm-hmm. to to go on truesocial dot com. So I followed that, and then when I clicked on the link to put in my information, it no longer said truesocial dot com on it. It mm-hmm. said something else at the top of it. It's disturbing. I I, uh, I wish I could tell you more about this. I'm under my bail conditions, not allowed to sign up for uh, unapproved social media platforms, so I can't just run through the sign-up process to see if anything like that happens. But I would say that would be fairly unprecedented. While, yes, it could be a way to do an age verification uh, to verify whether or not somebody is an adult, the odds that they would put something that in place seems very slim because it would restrict the number of people who'd be willing to to move forward like you neil i mean you wisely i think refused to go forward on this particular th- um, sign up because it may be a scam and that's going to turn off a large number of people and knowing donald trump uh, and i don't know him personally but i know he likes attention i suspect he would not want to turn off a potential portion of his audience by hitting them up for a credit card right number. right so well, that's what i thought too because yeah. uh um that's what i thought knowing you know, I don't know the man. That yeah, doesn't uh, make sense. I voted for him. Also, I wanted to ask you, I got two more things to ask sure. you about while we're, while we're here. Um, the House Speaker, how do you feel about that? Uh, they're all thugs and criminals. What do you think, Peekless? They're all thugs and criminals. Now, if if, uh, if the House Speaker could potentially have been Thomas Massey, I might have cared. Mm, no, no. Uh, I think that no one proposed that it, though. Did they? no one proposed any that. organization that pretends it can't go about its business because there's like a guy missing is uh, it's a poor organization. <laughs> <laughs> if only the, my only uh, the thing that I feel like was really sad here was that it didn't last longer. I think you referenced it earlier in the show. Peakless it should have been 365 days instead of four days or whatever yep. it was that they were uh, you know mixed up. Okay, now, and my last question for you, we're back to uh, a platform like True Social. Well, 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 before you go on with the question, what do you think about the House Speaker? Some guy named McCarthy, I think is his name? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, somebody I don't really recall knowing much about or hearing him speak much, if they had thrown out a name like uh, Trey Dowdy, or, um, um, gosh, what's that guy's name? He ran, he, he ran for president against Trump, president against Trump. Um, t- Tom Cruise, was that it? <laughs> no, 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 Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's no good either. Some, 
I mean, the only person um, who could possibly be good up there, as you said, Thomas Massey would probably be the, the best bet in the current house. Ron Paul, of course, mm-hmm. would be uh, a good choice. But that's still, that doesn't mean that the government isn't going to get bigger because they're, they're only one guy. You know, they can only do so much in that position. And this guy, I've seen him described as a, a, a rhino, uh, what they call a Republican in name only, that this uh, McCarthy guy, like he's one of the worst possible Republicans they could put up there. And, of course, the Republicans were almost all behind him. There were only a handful of them that mm-hmm. weren't, and they all got flipped. So they, they're all on the same team. Now, I, I will wow. say that I am glad to see dissension in the ranks of Republicans. For a moment, at yeah, least. Even for a moment, I'm yep. gl- like any little bit helps. Any little bit of sand you can throw in those gears. Any little bit of, hey, let's not all be neocons. Hey, maybe we'll, we'll do something other than just increase the military industrial complex speaking of that uh the one thing i do know about this guy this mccarthy is that apparently he wears a ukrainian flag so you know really there you go that's what you need to know about this guy do you believe that he will go after uh biden and his son over uh, (laughs) doings no uh do you think he's gonna drain the swamp no well, I would like to see it. That's why I, I would like to see a lot of things. Absolutely love Donald Trump so much. But um, he didn't drain the swamp either, dude. At all. He gave no, them a job. No, he. I believe that he had it in his heart to do that, but I don't believe he. There, there was so much. They did the, their best to uh, to sidetrack that man. And bring him There's up always so many that. excuses for this guy who's supposedly so dedicated and he had it in his heart and he was going in there to do a thing, but then they just they distracted him. Oh, he forgot all about what he came there to do. And in fact, then he just hired the swamp creatures at that point because he was just so befuddled by what was going on up there. I mean, is he a brilliant guy or is he a doofus? <sighs> I have to look at it like the man is running the country, and he's got so much crap coming at him from so he, many though? different directions at the same time. I mean, he I was disagree. trying to drink. He wasn't running the country. He, at no point, was running the country. Politicians don't run the country. They they tax uh, the people that well, run and, things. And he wasn't even running the government. That is clearly obvious. Like, there is an entrenched uh, culture... That is not going to be swayed, regardless of which uh, politician we elect to to be the the face of it, the the mascot at the top of it. They don't have any real power. Like, okay, well, I want to pull some of our troops back. Okay, well, they're going to lie to you about where our troops are. So don't unless you you're going to pull all the pres- troops back, he did pull some back. We got to give him credit for that. He did pull some out don't of Afghanistan. Don't you believe that as a president of the United States versus Joe Biden, we had a much better relationship with Russia and North Korea? I think that that is a big part of why they uh, constructed the narrative around him that they did. They constructed this narrative that he was a Russian puppet, a Russian agent, uh, even an unwilling Russian agent. But all of that was so that we could not have peace with Russia because they are they are the entrenched powers are very, very invested in us having a continual tension with both Russia and China. 
Well, I, I do agree with what Neil's saying. I mean, he definitely seemed to have a better relationship with uh, with Putin. He actually reached out to uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea and actually physically went to the DMZ and met with him. Uh, you know, so the, he tried right. to he do something there. He walked into the country across that bridge. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and we talked a lot about that when it was happening here on Free Talk Live as this sort of unprecedented, actually, thing that had never happened in the history of North Korea. Mm-hmm. There's never prior to Donald Trump been any president who has ever done what Donald Trump did there. Unfortunately, it never really went anywhere. It seemed like it was going to go somewhere. It seemed like it was going to end the the Korean War, uh, basically, which is still basically an armistice. You know, it's like not even quote unquote over. It's just you know demilitarized yeah, zone I right will, now. I will definitely grant you that they undercut his ability for us to make peace with Russia. That's definitely true. But they did not undercut his ability to drain the swamp. They didn't say you have to hire all these people because they're the ones who know what they're doing. Well, what they're doing is crap. What they're doing is evil corruption. The reason that we that people voted for this guy is because he was supposed to end what they were doing with the people who knew what uh, what was happening in Washington. And he isn't going to end it if he gets in for another four years no, either. That's a fact. It'll be entertaining, but he won't end it. Thank you, uh, Neil, for your call tonight. I, I do appreciate it. More, yes, sir. I have Quickly. one more thing. Yep. Okay, um, back on the lines of Twitter and Facebook, do you guys have any clue what is involved in starting up something like that of my own? Uh, I would yeah, recommend I, you have a lot of money to uh, to get started if you want to compete with the likes of Twitter and Facebook. But yeah. if you want to start your own social media server, that's relatively easy to do yeah. as long as you know how to administer a Linux server. So we have one. It's called social.freetalklive.com. It's actually running the same software that Trump is running on his site, which is called Mastodon. Trump has sort of uh, he's hired people to pretty over the mastodon and you know redesign it a little bit so it doesn't quite look exactly like it uh you don't see the word mastodon on the front page of the site or anything like that but that's the guts of what trump is doing it's free software to have the money do i have to have the money that uh, a lot of money to find somebody who knows how to write code to, to do this? No, I mean, is no. It- but you do need to have somebody that knows how to administer a Linux server. So if you don't have someone that knows how to do that, then you're pretty much dead in the water unless you're willing to learn it yourself. If you can learn it yourself, then you could go out there and just roll up a server and put this code on there. It's free code. The Mastodon server is free software. So you just download this free software, get it set up, and you're ready to roll. Okay, guys. But growing it to the level of a Twitter is the challenge, right? Because there's thousands of Mastodons out there. Uh, And that, of course, is the benefit of Mastodon is there are a bunch of them. You don't have just one that you have to join, and so you don't have to follow all the same rules. And there are different Mastodons that have different sets of rules. We had somebody sign up for ours just the other day. And remember, we ask a a question when you sign up of why are you joining the server because there's a lot of spam bots out there and want to keep them away. Uh, and so yeah. somebody said they wanted to join a Mastodon that wasn't hard left because there's a lot of hard leftist Mastodons out there and they don't want people yeah. of a freedom mindset uh, to join their servers. So ours is welcoming to uh, to anybody from that perspective. All right, guys. Thanks, hey, Neil. I listen to you every night that you're on on KTOX AM 1340 in Needles 
and you guys are wonderful. Grateful for you, Balf, Thanks, uh, being out there. Thanks, Neil. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. If you want to try out Mastodon, you can go to social.freetalklive.com. We will not be asking you for a credit card number. That does not happen uh, on our server. Again, I can't speak for Truth Social. I don't know what right. they've cooked up over there. Maybe they are doing that. You know, Maybe they want to verify. I'm not on that. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on... Uh, mm, Twitter. You're on Twitter. Well, yeah, Twitter. What's the the other uh, float? Uh, oh, yeah. I heard bad news about float recently. I heard they had to t- um, stop doing their streaming. Oh, really? Yeah, they used mm-hmm. to have video streaming at float, and I yeah. guess, you know, it's not I'm, cheap. You I'm know? not super active on that site because, well, I mean, it's still a, a minor website, but they are certainly freedom-minded. They are freedom-minded, uh, yeah, And they're sure. definitely nice uh, folks. Cri- cryptocurrency-minded, yeah, uh, Aaron and Kingsley over there. Uh, so, you know, I try to pop in every now and again, that kind of a thing. Uh, but I am on Twitter. I'm still on Facebook, but th- I mean, that's about it. Like mm-hmm. I, and I've that's a lot. really the, the last couple of weeks or so, I've just been kind of like, eh. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh. it's, it's sort of lost its fun. You Social know? media in general. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the issues with float is, uh, I mean, it's, it's just as bad when you're too early as when you're too late and uh, they were too late. Well, I mean, I actually think they were they were too early. Oh. Like uh, I think that they were, you know, putting putting a bunch of resources into this thing before people really started leaving Facebook. Mm. And I mean, like right now we are seeing an exodus from Facebook. It's why they're advertising as hard as they can. It's why they keep reporting mm. losses in their uh, overall user base. And and also uh I think that Twitter is going to be another one of those uh, drives away from the standard social media because we see how unbelievably corrupt they are behind the scenes. Yeah. And Float was doing rather well until they got blacklisted from the app stores. Ah. Oh, that was a major. Yeah. It's been a couple of years. And so they had to redesign or at least re implement a a web browser solution. They do have sort of a temporary Mm. thing that you can download that kind of mimics an app, but it's not really an app. Mm. So they, they haven't been able to overcome that hurdle, to my knowledge, as of yet. But it's still one of the least restrictive. Uh, yeah. Social media web, you know, or uh, apps that you can become or join, run by actual right. libertarians, so. run by actual libertarians and cryptocurrency enthusiasts. The guy who uh, was running our show, we have our own, st- we had our own stream there, but for a while he was running us too. Studio on his, eight, Studio eighty four twenty four. Yep. I think he wrote me an email this week saying that uh, Float had to pull the plug on their streaming service. Sorry to hear that. Probably due to revenue. You know, they yeah, just, it's that's a big resource. How do you pay for it? Yeah, that's know? a huge resource. You don't, you don't. I mean, it's hard. We were just talking earlier this week about the advertising model. Mm-hmm. and how difficult it is yeah. uh, i mean we, we've gone down on free talk live to this point we're completely user supported uh we have we literally have no advertisers <laughs> at this point on wow. free talk live uh i mean just you know, being honest with you here that's just the way it is we lost bitcoin.com after a decade and uh bullion max has uh has paused their ads with us as mm-hmm. well because you know you can only sell so much so much gold and silver to yeah. uh, to an audience in a short period of time, and you know, they well, felt like they were indicative their max. of the market to the cryptocurrency market. Of course, is down, so that's going to affect sure. And people you know, are, are type of thing pin, as you well. know, p- people are pinching pennies. You know, it's mm-hmm. tough to make ends meet. Inflation now. is higher than ever. You oh, know, yeah. you know all that kind of stuff plays into it. Well, and people are actually aware of what's going on in the economic world, where they tend to ignore that completely. But uh, you were talking, I think it was you last have night. to be aware of it. It hits you right in the face when you're at the grocery store. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think last night or the night before you were talking about how people expect things to be rough economically in 2000 
23. Yeah, it was something like 8 or 9 out of 10 Americans are expecting tough times ahead. And they're right. They're Mm -hmm. absolutely correct. These are going to be tough times. And what we are seeing happen right now is an information war. Like, there is a huge fight over who's going to be the source of information. Now, uh, spoiler, no one source is going to win. Right. Nor should it. Nor should it. Sure. The fact of the matter is that we have... We have entered a new world where the network is going to be more powerful than the central hub. The the time of a, a single hierarchy, and that is the source of all information, because that that is a way to come to consensus. Yep. But now that we have these communications technologies that are distributed throughout the world, there is a new method by which we can start coming into consensus. And instead of checking with the authority to yep. see if... If this uh, comports with what the authority says is happening, we can instead check this with a bunch of other little nodes. Mm-hmm. Like, is this what you think is happening? Right. Because you have your set of information and your you know ability to judge this. Is this what you think oh, is happening? Oh, you mean happening? a consensus? Wow, yes. really? Oh, yes, an weird. actual consensus. So so what we're seeing right now is the the is the death throes of the old way of doing things. Yeah, these siloed monoliths of bureaucracy that these governments have put together are starting to crack. They're starting Mm -hmm. to crumble. And we're starting to see sort of the fish out of water Mm -hmm. kind of thing happen with, with these guys as the network effect continues to improve humanity. Yeah, so they're kicking back as hard as they can. They're making it as difficult for uh, for uh, upstarts to work with the banking. Uh, it, they're making it as difficult as possible for, like, you know, Patreon and things like that. Oh, well, you have hate people mm-hmm. on your site. Right. Oh, well, we better not have hate people. What what policy, What politics are we not allowed to allow? Oh, those are the mm-hmm. politics that we're not allowed to allow. Okay, no one's allowed to have that. So, I mean, it, they're trying. They're trying to regain their former glory as the center of everyone's attention. It's not going to work. And no. it's never going to happen. But in the meantime, they are going to do some damage. Right? Oh, yeah. like they're going to thrash around in the tar pits and they're going to and, and sadly, and I, I still say many people are going to die. Yeah, of course. I mean, they, they're already dying because of statism and that kind of thing. But I'm just saying, like, as the state. That's the way of the as, state. As governments, there's 200 of them on planet Earth. Thereabouts. Too many. Uh, too many. They're as they die, they're going to, you know, want to do things that are well, things only governments can do, which is kill large numbers of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you simply cannot commit a genocide without being a government. That's just how it works. You cannot have that scale of murder unless you have that centralized power. So uh, as these dinosaurs cease to exist, because the fact of the matter is there are three ways that this can go and only three. Either we will cease to exist because we kicked so much dust into the air because we trusted our centralized powers that the species ceases to exist. That's one way. Nuclear holocaust. Nuclear holocaust. Okay, nuclear not quite holocaust, where we have to deal with a fundamentally shifted world because we've seen an actual nuclear war go down, but it didn't kill all of us. Mm -hmm. That's possibility number two. Or possibility number three, we stop doing this thing that causes people to die in mass. We have to get over this idea that we can have a central monopoly on force. Yep. Those are the only options. Yeah, uh, we need to have a renaissance of that particular mindset, and you know, how close we are to that, I don't know. 
Well, and we are seeing, I mean, they're closer than ever before, I think. Yeah, true. We I, are I think we're closer than ever before. And I don't, I'm not trying That's to be a good optimistic view, it, but like it, it's true also, right? I think the age of the internet, the information age, even as much as governments try to control and yeah. restrict and, you know, you get things like Google involved and, you right. know, there, the technology, uh, all that kind scary of scary too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as government tries to restrict and all that, the information is out there. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. You can find it. If you really want to know whether or not, Government is a bad idea. You can go and find the information. Yeah, It's available. Think about how many lives were saved because people got good information about these disastrous so-called vaccines. That's true. And chose right. not to put their children on this vaccine that might kill them to keep them from a disease that won't. Despite the fact like, that, that they... an unbelievable number of lives. Yeah, and, but, and they did try to suppress that oh, yeah. very actively. Uh, There's no doubt about they that. They did everything in their power and they didn't quite make it. Uh, you know, and, and there's even been like uplifting things happening in places like China, where people took to the streets a few weeks ago in protest of the COVID restrictions, and then Xi Jinping just rolled them back. It's like, okay, well, we can't force this on people, so they're 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 not having it anymore. We're done with it. is free talk live you can join the show here we got time for you if you want to dial on in here at 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 here in the studio tonight it's ian peakless mountaineer and and the reverend captain kickass and you can join us online anytime you want by the way i want to say thank you to david Corey eldridge who's a free talk live supporter of our amps program uh, amp stands for advertise market promote and support it is a way for you to get behind what we do here at free talk live and uh, you can help us spread the ideas of liberty and peace and freedom uh, to right now over 170 great radio stations we could do more than that it is possible uh, and hopefully we will be able to do more with uh, now that we have fewer commercials hopefully we'll have happier radio listeners and happier online listeners and happier podcast listeners as well uh, so you can join David uh, Eldridge over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. You do get access to special benefits like the AMP-only uh, podcast, which is our RSS feed exclusively through Patreon that has the full radio show without any recorded ads. Uh, that's one of the perks. You can learn about more of them over at amps.freetalklive.com. All right, Peakless, you were going to tell us about this uh, IRS-related story that you had here tonight with AAR saying they're going to team up with cryptocurrency exchanges to help catch criminals. Yep. Cryptocurrency is here to say here to stay, a top internal revenue service law enforcer said, and the tax collection agency wants to partner with the industry to fight financial crime. The IRS Criminal Investigation Division is bringing on hundreds of new agents a year, including many who will be directed to work on digital assets and cybercrime, said Thomas Fatteruso, the new spe- uh, the special agent in charge of the IRSCI's New York field office. I just have one question. Uh, so when do they take down the Federal Reserve? <laughs> when do they take down the Federal Reserve? Because they're criminal, you mean? That's right. Yeah. Well... Uh, actually, the Federal Reserve should be taken down by the Secret Service because the fundamental purpose for the Secret Service, unknown to most, is to avoid counterfeiting. 
They investigate that? Yes, yes. they do. Uh, but, of course, the purpose of the IRS is to pay the Federal Reserve interest. So when the IRS collects taxes, a lot of people believe, oh, that's going to the services. Nope. No, 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 no. The money the IRS is collecting is going to pay the interest on the loans to the government from the Federal Reserve. Right, right. So they'll print out whatever else they need because obviously they need more than what they're collecting from the IRS. Yeah, so this is uh, this is one of the things that I'm really curious to find out what's going to happen because they just they just passed a 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill. Right. Sure. But they right now like the, the the money printers are in reverse. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. Uh, so like if you look at uh, uh, M two unprint money. Well, well, you can. You actually can. No, I've been, and, and, and I've I've learned so much more about how this system works uh, from seeing like it, it work in a different way. Because like one of the things I didn't even think about is that okay, so you've got all these stocks, right? And they're worth all this extra money. But what what corporations will do is they will they will make corporate bonds, and those function in every way just like money. But how many corporate bonds a given company can print is based on how valuable their stock is. Okay. So when you have, okay, well, we're printing less money, so there's less money to keep going into stocks to keep uh, uh, pumping them these up. up. Mm-hmm. Now, you have that at the same time as people are worried about being able to, uh, to meet future financial obligations. So you have people pulling money out of stocks so that they can just have some, some straight-up liquid U.S. dollars mm-hmm. so, to, to pay for things in the future because prices keep going up. So you have people pulling money out of the stock market. That brings the stock prices down. Which we've been seeing in the last year or so. Now, the thing is, that means that these corporations cannot print uh, these money alternatives or uh, uh, money uh, replacements that are the the corporate bonds. So you have these things that are acting exactly like money Mm -hmm. that are no longer able to be printed out. So you're actually seeing a complete pullback, like a reduction in the amount of things that get used as money. I'm just wondering what the money printers sound like in reverse. (laughs) 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 The large sucking sound? (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you you remember the old uh, uh, GIFs or GIFs, if you will, of uh, the... uh, It's GIFs. Says you. Anyway. Mm. (laughs) uh, Oh, you're such a nice jai. Uh, I pr- I prefer it pronounced gooey. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. It's gooey. Definitely okay. gooey. So if you remember the old uh, uh, pictures of uh, the uh, Federal Reserve chairman uh, cranking the, mm-hmm. the money out, yep. it's like that, only he's going the other direction. Well, of course, we're not talking about affecting physical currency. We are talking about oh, the, God, di- no. the digital currency where all you have to do is hit the delete button and then it's gone. Right? If only yeah. they had to actually print out all the money that they were digitally printing. Yeah, would that slow would it be down enough a bit, to slow them down yeah. so substantially. Yeah. But moving on with the article, uh, in the alphabet soup of federal law enforcement agencies, IRSCI hasn't attracted as much attention as its counterparts in the Federal Bureau of Investigation or Drug Enforcement Administration. But the 102-year-old law enforcement arm of the IRS, whose agents are sometimes affectionately referred to as accountants with guns, is one of the top U.S. financial crime enforcers, handling cases from money laundering to Russian sanctions. It has also turned its eyes to cryptocurrency as one of several federal agencies trying to grapple with the burgeoning industry. Mr. Fatteruso... And by that they mean going after peaceful people like me. Yeah, well... Right? Well, and the thing is, that's they, who investigated. One of yeah. the, that was the undercover guy. He worked for the IRS CI. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. 
Good to know. Well, and the thing is that they literally cannot cope with this technology. This is fundamentally new. It is unlike anything that has existed in human history. Now, they're trying to shove it into a particular box, and it doesn't fit. They're shoving it into all the boxes. Yeah. Saying, oh, it's a commodity. No, no, no. It's it's money. It's funds. It's, you know, whatever. It's convenient. I think based on the title of this article alone, they're beginning to figure out that they have zero control over cryptocurrencies themselves. And so they're figuring out, well, what do we have control of? We have control of the on-ramp and the off-ramp. Right. Right. The, the, the exchanges. The exchange between government currency and cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. they can have an effect on right now because exchanges, as they stand right now, are we'll call them siloed they're they're owned by a person or a company mm-hmm. right they're not there's only a few of them that are decentralized exchanges none of the dexes have a fiat on ramp in other words they can't exchange no, government by, currency fiat is to, by nature centralized right exactly and can't so get around that so right now that's where the government knows or is figuring out governments around the world are figuring out that that's where they can have an impact mm-hmm. yeah well it, and also they're going after the peer to peer people so yep. that's why they're targeting local bitcoins because they know they can go easily after the exchanges. They've all got, you know, registrations and they've jumped through all these government hoops and they know where their offices are. But if you go to local bitcoins, you're dealing with probably, you know, hundreds of right. sellers all across the United There's States. Individuals. Individuals mm-hmm. who are willing to sell you bitcoin or some other thing. Yep. And that's a little harder for them to deal with. So I think it, it seems like their plan is to just keep on picking them off one by one and try to intimidate them all oh, yeah. into joining the system. That's at least one of their strategies. Yeah. yeah. One of the strategies that they're also pursuing, as we've discussed here, is the uh, implementing the central bank digital currencies, yep. which uh, they're like, oh, well, you want digital money? We can do digital money. And it's like, <laughs> what I find you know, laughable about CBDC is they're like, hey, uh, we're, we have this thing that's going to solve problems. Problems that don't exist. <laughs> well, it'll solve that's, the problem for them of not uh, knowing what you're doing uh, oh, with your money. Okay. And, and you being able to spend your own money without their permission. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, generally speaking... It doesn't solve anything for the user. Uh, yeah, outside right. outside of you know government, uh, when a market thing happens, it's usually to solve an existing problem. Yeah, sure. And then the market realizes that, oh, this thing has value because it's solving a problem. Right. And then they begin to adopt that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBDCs are not... Nobody's going to adopt a CBDC because of its utility. No. No. Nope. They're going to do it because they're forced to. Right. Well, from the, they may be forced to. They may be bribed to. Yeah, more because incentivized. It's, sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It's equally possible that they're going to be like, okay, well, we've started the universal basic income, or we're giving out a, a one-time uh, thing, or... Tax it's, refunds. Yeah, or no. it's your welfare. Yeah, welfare. Or it, yeah. I mean, they might use the carrot. Social security, disability. Yeah. They're going to use the that carrot. Stuff. That's yeah. that's how they're going to get people to, to yeah. sign on. I want to go to the phones here. Uh, we got a caller on the line here. Uh, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, uh, um, Ian, this is Dana from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dana, what's on your mind tonight? Okay, so we now I'm not stupid. I understand that people make promises and they don't carry them through. You mentioned that about Trump. He can clean the swamp completely out. And that gentleman that said he voted for Trump that you just spoke to said, well, you know, he was constantly fighting all this, this nonsense. And, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get cut off and I don't, I'm not going to, I don't cut. So, um, so I'll just. Thank you for remaining FCC compliant. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Anyway, guys. 
also, uh, by the way, um, Declas, I love your your T-shirt. That's great. Oh, anyway, thank you. You have to read it. Good. Uh, it says, "May the um, Norse be with you." For our uh, non-viewer yes, I saw listeners, that. I think that's great. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, okay, shout out so to my sister. Uh, uh, we picked up why... matching shirts on a, a, a Viking exhibit. Nice. Well, tell her she did a good job. Go but ahead, Dana. This is why, even within, and this is the difference between. I used to hate this about uh, Republicans and or even people on the right. They are, why can't you be more like those on the far left? They all agree to everything, no matter how much they disagree with it. It's kept in-house. We, you don't air your dirty laundry. But the Republicans are not all like-minded. They're more diverse because you've got conservatives. You, you know, you've got, I know there's some neocons in there. You've got Republicans, which are the neocons, and they're the biggest bulk of things. But they saw after Trump, People are mad, and they're not putting up with this crap anymore. So there are some of them that are staying true to um, constituents in that, even if it's so they don't get voted out, and I don't believe that's entirely the reason. So they don't even trust McCarthy. I've never trusted that man. I have not liked him. Years ago, just to clarify what you're saying, Dana, when you say they don't even trust McCarthy, are you saying the the run of the mill Republicans or the elected Republicans? The elected, the um, well, some that were just in there in the last two years, like Bober. So these are one of the things they did. Um, This is what they got accomplished. And you guys, I think this may help because of a rule I'll get to at the end. So one of the things they made McCarthy swear to is um, they have to vote on every single appropriation bill individually, whether it's for agriculture or for this or for that. It doesn't matter what it is. It cannot be bundled into a ginormous omnibus. They're done That's with awesome. that crap. Well, why would you oh, believe this guy? Why would they believe what he's saying? Okay, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'm going to get... That's the punchline. Just hear me out, um, Ian. Then the other thing is he had to agree to cap discretionary spending at the levels they were when Biden took office two years ago. And that's for defense and domestic. The third point is... Whoopie-doo. Okay. I know it's still too high, Ian, but at least it's better than what Biden did. So, uh, yeah. well, well, hold on, hold on. So these are promises that he's making. Yeah, that's all. These oh, are the things that he's done. Now, if I'm going to go ahead and make a promise, why not promise to reduce our because discretionary they spending? A guarantee. Hmm? They a guarantee. guarantee. Let me get to it. Okay, I'm, I'm all ears for, for how this is a guarantee. And then I'll give you the guarantee. Okay, they, he agreed to set up a uh, committee on weaponizing the federal government including they're going to probe the DOJ um, uh, um, and anything else for going after individual citizens. Oh, they're going to probe the DOJ. That's not going to do nothing. Wow, they will investigate themselves. It's a start. At least they're going after these people. That's not a guarantee. um, They're not going after anybody. It's just a show, Dana. I mean, like the idea that you can't, you haven't gotten this yet. All right, get to it. Get to the punchline. Okay. They have to reinstate the Holman rule, which that says 
they can reduce official government salaries um, and any compensation paid to any government employees by uh-huh. the U.S. Treasury. So, so they, they can do that. Pay. Doesn't mean they will. Okay. No, no, he's asked to. And I'm going to tell you what the catch is. Uh-huh. Okay, motion to vacate. Here's the catch, guys. Motion to vacate from five to one. If you wanted to kick that speaker out of his position, you had to have five people. Now only one person has to say, I'm putting a motion forth. I want him out if he doesn't stand up to this. And what does then that the mean? Last thing is, wait, 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 what does that oh, mean? Hold on. So you're saying, you, hold on. Are you saying that he carry. will be kept honest by other politicians? <laughs> Not by those 20 that wouldn't give in. These are the concessions they wanted. What good does it now, do if they the can put a motion thing. in? One They're going to get voted thing. down. One, one last thing. Seven, uh, one, uh, three parts. One last thing. 72 hours to review all bills before any money is spent. Well, that is a term term limit, guys. They're not going to read the bills. It's a four thousand fix anything. This one point seven trillion thing was four thousand plus pages. You can't read that in 72 hours. You can't read that in 72 days. I agree. But listen, guys, because all money spending originates in the house. And each member, one of the deals he had agreed to was any spending has to be voted on per department. It's not one huge bill. That's how they're going to get rid of it. Yeah, we'll see about that. I hope it passes. That would be a a great improvement. I don't believe it. And then one last thing about Bitcoin. I mentioned to get this to you regarding your situation, Ian. I mentioned this uh, to you guys before. And it's worth repeating. Ian? You just said earlier tonight that, you know, all the um, government's always looking at Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies because that's how druggies, you know, the big drug lords launder things. That's what they say. Mark my words, as I've said this to you guys one other time, they're going to start coming after people with crypto, not because it's laundering, because Biden administration is really close to doing their own uh, government cryptocurrency, and so are multiple other governments. They're no. already pushing this stuff through in Europe. So you guys, no, no, you, 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 we have to stop you there. Looked- a government cannot do a cryptocurrency. Right, it's against the nature of cryptocurrency for anything the government views as currency. A government can do a digital currency. These are not the same thing. Right. But you may be right that they may be targeting crypto in they the obviously are. with the intention Already. of you know providing this alternative and mm-hmm. saying hey because Bitcoin's dangerous you could get arrested mm-hmm. yeah you could just use the government money and then everything will be fine Honestly, thank you Dana for the call tonight I, I do appreciate would, it I wish they would be clear enough that they were directly targeting cryptocurrency then they would at least say these are the rules but as long as there's no regulatory clarity people are left in this sort of uh, uh, halfway point yep. where they won't they won't pull their money out and go to other countries where they can invest in cryptocurrency because there is regulatory clarity I, but there's no access to american markets but they've they've given up on that but they're they're just but they're not going to invest either because there's no regulatory clarity there's no idea what the rules are i i like callers like dana i just wish that dana like She's got some good points. She's looking at the stuff. She's questioning the system. Mm-hmm. You know, she's 
give her some credit. She's trying to look for some positive mm-hmm. is, in yeah. all the negative, yeah. but I just wish she would zoom out. Right. Yeah. You know, just see the bigger picture. Right. Just zoom out a, a, a you know at least one layer, maybe two or three, and see the bigger picture and see that regardless of what these little maneuvers that they make that might make you feel good or well, feel like promised. some change some change might be happening. Like these happen all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. And once you figure out that these happen all the time but nothing changes and the mm-hmm. empire continues to grow. Right. Then you come to the conclusion that I've come to, which is the whole thing is antique and barbaric, mm-hmm. and the institution commonly referred to as government needs to go away immediately. Well, let's think. Dana isn't new to this. She's been calling this show for more, probably more than a decade now at this point. We've been on in Grand Rapids where she's listening on WTKG. Yep. They were one of our earliest bigger stations to, uh, to come on board. They were a clear channel station back in the day. Yep. Uh, Media, of course, is the name of the company now, and uh, we're, gl- we're glad to be on there, but you know she's been around she's she's somebody who pays attention to the system and the things that go on like how could you not be aware that these people are completely untrustworthy the fact that this guy mccarthy or whatever is making promises to these other politicians like they promise things to people all the time why would they why would they tell the truth to their own politicians i watch charlie brown i i call it's it's charlie brown and lucy pulling the football every again time. and right. again yeah. and again i call yeah. these people uh hope fiends yes right oh, because yeah, like because unless they get their dose of hope hopium. from hopium from yeah. somebody mm-hmm. promising them some crap that ain't ever gonna happen right they can't feel good about themselves unless they get that every day yeah. and and one of the things i really wanted to point out is that uh it's not true that this dissension only exists on the right there is a populist movement in this country and it exists on both the left and the right mm-hmm. now the fact is that and there's the, the bernie sanders people that exactly. always get screwed on the left exactly and, and that's the thing sure the the democrats have been able to shore up ranks so that that it, they don't appear to be cracking apart the way that the republicans appear mm-hmm. to be cracking apart but a big part of this is what is their narrative the narrative of the Republicans is we are the underdog fighting against the authoritarianism. That is that is their narrative. That's what so they're trying transparently to false. Right. So it's in their best interests for their advertising to appear as if they have a strong, powerful populist movement that's making real change inside the party. Yeah, like Republicans will always refer to their supporters as patriots. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you there's not going to be any change in Washington, D.C. after this scumbag or whatever comes into this particular position. Rob's on the line in Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, uh, my opinion is is that it should have been Vernon Supreme out there at that podium. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be worth tuning into C-SPAN for. Totally. Right? Exactly. And it doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democratic. You know, they're all liars. They're all crooks. They're sure. all thieves and con artists. And, and, you know, the way to be able to slow these people down in a couple of different ways, in my opinion... Stop spending their currency. Right. And then the next thing is, let's do away with qualified immunity. Wouldn't hurt if you can do it. It's hard because they fight against that stuff. It is in the Supreme Court now. Is it? Uh, There was an article that came out in November of this year, of last year. And what they want is they want Congress to, you know, either make some changes in how qualified immunity works. Or do away with it altogether. I don't and think it's going to happen. Do away with it either altogether or changing it. You know, 
this will save money for taxpayers. Hmm. The police unions are so powerful, it is so hard to get anything like that done. I'm not saying it's impossible, I, but it's tough. I, anything that saves taxpayers money generally doesn't happen. All right. <laughs> right. So I'm going to say, no, it's not going to happen. Maybe it could happen here in New Hampshire. Like if we get enough freedom-loving people to come here and get into office. Uh, we've got about 50 free staters right now that are in uh, the state rep positions. We, yeah. we do finally have the first ever free stater state senator, uh, Keith Murphy who actually came to my, my trial and testified on the, the defense, yep. which was very nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's that's progress. It's slow. It sucks. It's politics. Captain, I know you you hate it, and I, it is, I, it's easy to hate. I actually prefer uh, to see a whole bunch of free staters getting in low-level, like sort of a decentralized movement, yep. than I would having, say, a governor right. like Ron DeSantis, mm. who like people are looking up to as some sort of like the freedom savior. guy, right. and like he's just going to get voted out. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Whereas, right. you know, if there's 50 of these free staters, you know, in some sort of position here in New Hampshire, we can get closer yeah. to some kind of a, you know, let us have, let us secede, let us have this space so that freedom-loving people have a place to go on planet Earth. Rob, thanks for the call, man. I do appreciate hearing from you tonight. Yeah, real change is going to come from the bottom up. It doesn't come from the top down. So, sure. like, if you want to see, like, the end of uh, qualified immunity and uh, and these unbelievable police powers, you have to embrace personal responsibility in your own life. You have to want that for yourself, and you have to reach a point where you expect that from other people. I like so, a grassroots movement is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, like, if someone is, like, screwing you over, you have to expect them to move in a different direction before you allow them to fully apologize for harming you. Nobody's here. He just walked in the door. That means you guys are going off to uh, Beer Talk Live here in about a half an hour, 10.30 Eastern Time. Join these guys at watch.freetalklive.com, and we'll see you tomorrow night on the radio again. Meantime, we're at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.